Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Welcome back in, Panther fans, to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Coming off a kind of a sobering, uh, disappointing, disappointing loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road. There was an opportunity for the Panthers to go out there and continue to make this season meaningful in the last couple of weeks, but sadly, they fell to Tom Brady, the GOAT, the GOAT who just kind of always uh, can keep the ball moving and you never enough points to get ahead, it feels like. But the Panthers are now eliminated from the playoffs and uh, we're kind of moving on uh, to the next topics. And so much so that as I was prepping for this show tonight, every piece of information I ran across, actually, there wasn't a single piece of information related to the final game of the season. Not a single tidbit of anything that anyone is talking about as the Carolina Panthers in week 17. Instead, it's looking ahead to the next coach, potentially, or will Steve Wilkes be named head coach? Will a new name, the hot name, Jim Harbaugh, the Carolina Panthers interested in Jim Harbaugh, continues to dominate the storyline. So we'll be talking about all of that tonight. And I do it with my wheelman, Cody Lashney. How you doing, my friend? Tony Don, I'm doing good, man. Look, I we were talking about preparing for the Saints to be our final game as we sharpen our swords before we enter uh, a home playoff game for the Carolina Panthers. But that's not the case, man. That's not the case. And I think recent events will show you that the world doesn't really care what you want. Certain things are just going to happen to you. But like we always do, you know, we at the C3 Podcast, we pick our heads up and we look out to the future, man. We're not going to stay around and sulk. You know, we are going to talk about this team that we love and what it's going to take for them to get back on track. Rumors of a brand new coach with a very big name. Man, it, it ought to be for a fascinating conversation tonight as to the future of the Carolina Panthers. But Tony, you already know that we're going to do it with the best damn Panther fans in all of YouTube. And you know them and love them. We got our guy, Drew, Anthony Price, Joey the Blind Panther, Dan Floyd, Chad Howell, G-Baby in the house. What's up, G? John B. Jenkins, Josh, LOL, Locks Main, Making the Money, Michael Davis, Panther Pickle, Panthers are Kings, Roosevelt Mongo, Skunk Ape Mysteries, Spence 22, Why Big Jordan, Yonels, and the Stats, Tony Dunn. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Panther fans have been uh, a little down in the dumps in just the day after losing uh, to Tampa Bay yesterday. But as soon as that uh, news came out, CK on Monday, Jim Harbaugh, uh, a report from the Athletics said that he is definitely interested in returning yeah. to the NFL and just waiting uh, for the offer. 
in many ways. So that all of a sudden has turned our attention. We uh, we got dumped last uh, on Sunday. <clears throat> we got dumped from the playoffs. But a girl yeah. walked by and batted her eyes at us, and all of a sudden we're back in the game. We're back in the game, dude. I got at the end of the day. Uh, if, if if there's any truth to it, I know there's some excitement there. Um, it's bittersweet because I think there were so many people who wanted to see Jim Har or uh, uh, Steve Wilkes be the guy, but there's also the aspect of it. I mean, how do you pass up a candidate like that? Um, I still think it would give Steve Wilkes a short end of the stick. Um, I wish he would have won that game, uh, because if he had, yeah. this is a totally different conversation, but Great. we have to, we have to deal with the cards that were dealt with us. And, uh, unfortunately that was one that was dealt for him. And, uh, as of now we're dealing with the uh, consequences of it. I, I told you guys that this is that a, that Wilkes was, uh, auditioning for his job. He was in his interview each week, each Sunday was his interview for the head coaching job. And if he continued to perform as he did in so many ways, that would be very difficult to just pick a guy over him. And right. it would take a very an important name, a name that had sway, a, a name that had a sort of sexiness to it. And the Harbaugh family, right? I mean, is that there's a, as a player, he was a quarterback, yep. a longtime quarterback in the NFL. I mean, it was multiple years. I mean, he wasn't just like a one man. And, and even if it's in a backup capacity or role, lots of NFL experience, lots of experience in both the coll collegiate and the NFL level at coaching and lots of success then you look over to his brother at the ravens and you know it's just kind of in their dna so that was the name that we knew that probably it was going to take uh to catch fire and boy it's caught fire with our discussion yeah before we move on to that ck uh the last of us i see you've been playing that no uh day's gone day's gone okay yeah yeah i've been playing a little bit of that the Last of Us, also a video game, correct? Yes, yeah. yes, it is. And, and it's about to be a brand new show. Yeah, yeah that's why I was bringing it up. On, on okay. HBO Max, that's about to come out soon. Yeah, all right, so we'll have something to talk about there. Greg is back in the saddle. Boy, we missed you, Greg. I hope you had a happy holiday. And look, he's got to hold his mic up like an old-school reporter. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just thinking about, is it's going to be like old-school reporting. Um i'm doing all right man i'm back happy new uh, year it, it's happy new year am i coming in too loud Is this no okay? you sound perfect okay no. fantastic uh you know i'm not even thinking about the coach like i was just i was with my friend the other day watching this game and i was telling him you know we were up 14 nothing and i was like dude watch out for carolina four out of the last six we've been an offensive machine for the last few games i was like we're we're, we're sneakily coming we're like sneaking into the playoffs here and as soon as I said that, we fell apart. And it's just what like, a it, it's just like, I, 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 it was I don't there. Know. Carolina does this to me every year, but yeah. you know what? I had fun watching football for the last few weeks. And I yeah. haven't had that in a long time in Carolina. Yes. I really haven't. And that, that was kind of my thing is I've, I've really enjoyed football because this felt like something was worth it. Like after we lost that game, I didn't even care about watching anything else. Like we had football on the background the rest of the day. Uh, but then when we started playing uh, Dice Throne, which is a fantastic game. If y'all ever play that phenomenal dice game, you like games. Um, but, man, it's just, it sucks where we're at, but at least I enjoyed games this year. I had hope. 
Like I had legitimate hope that we could yeah. go into the playoffs on a roll and be a team, you know, that at least made the playoffs. Maybe we shouldn't have been there based on our record, but I can seriously look back on probably four or five plays that would change our record completely this year. Yeah. So we weren't that terrible of a team. It was an interesting season. I think Nick Montero was the one who brought this up first and maybe a cat call or something is that regardless of like the, the outcome of whatever yep. we're six and 10, I would be six and it could be six and 11, maybe seven, 10. It was a more interesting season or more. Yeah. I mean, more, it, it kind of gripped us more than anyone expected it to after the cruddy start. So yeah. Um, a lot of storylines and look at this is like, I mean, right away, man, we're not even interested in week 17 at this point. We're interested in, in the draft. <laughs> in the, well, the next or the coach. coaches. I mean, it's like Harbaugh, yeah. no, Jamie Ryan's like, I mean, all of a sudden, yeah. And like, all of the rumors surrounding it too. And we're going to, we're about to cover it all here in a minute, but you know, the name D'Amico Ryan's obviously we still have a conversation about Steve Wilkes and whether he right. will. Uh, yeah. will or, whether he will or will not get that chance, whether it's deserved, whether it's another example of institutionalized raci- racism in the coaching position. There's really so much to talk about. It really is never a dull moment if uh, if you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. Don't forget the number is 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. Go ahead and smash the thumbs up button and be a part of our community. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, You can download the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitch, wherever you get your podcast at. Uh, Be be a part of the conversation. We've built this great community, and as we continue – to move on to what is the off season. We're going to need you guys to lock arms with us as we finish out our 10th year as a podcast, which mm. is incredible. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of bizarre that I still uh, am stubborn enough to keep doing this every week. And so many <laughs> ways. You love it's awesome. I do. You know what? I love it. It's just, uh, you know what? I couldn't imagine not doing it. It's just kind of at this point like, in time. Yeah. It'd be breakfast. weird to be stopped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go ahead and pop into the show. And uh, where we got up first is, I mean, obviously. Yeah, so look, we wanted to take just a minute to talk about this because, you know, it's quite literally what's happening in football right now. You know, we're not going to spend too long talking about it. But, you know, I, I felt that it would be remiss if we didn't right. speak about what happened last night. Uh, if you and you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone knows by now. Demar Hamlin, safety for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he took a shot from uh, T. Higgins, a player I've known and loved for a very long time. And uh, well, he kind of laid it on him too. It wasn't like he took a shot. I mean, he tackled T. Higgins. Yeah, I mean, he did, and T. Higgins threw his body into it. I mean, it was a football play. If you were looking at it, it was pretty run of the mill. Like you've seen a million different tackles worse than what happened to demar hamlin right. um but man i'm telling you as i was watching it and i was watching that game just like everybody else it was truly one of the most nerve-wracking terrifying moments i've ever had watching a football game and part of the reason for that wasn't necessarily anything that was being said on the broadcast it's what wasn't being said because as you see him on the ground you start to see all these other technicians 
from both teams running out there on the field and they're like frantically working on him. Uh, then you mix in the fact that uh, they go to commercial like four or five times in a row yeah. and you start to see the faces, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and everybody is just, you know, they, they look like they just saw a ghost, you know, and, and it was, it was a terrifying moment, man. Um, you know, obviously prayers up for DeMar Hamlin and his family. It was just a, a crazy thing, man. I've never seen anything like it. No. Um, I truly hope that him and his family are okay. And uh, I don't know what they're going to do. If, In my opinion, I think the NFL uh, is probably going to declare this a tie. Because I don't know what you can do. It's so late in the season. And... It, you know, it's between two of the better teams that are playing for something. Right. I honestly think that you're just going to have to chalk it up to a tie I, and then and then move on from there. I tend to disagree. I, I, I okay. thought of this and I have a solution to it. Um, and it's not ideal for the NFL, but it's way better than because, I mean, this had such major implications. This is a bye by week for the Bills that's at stake. This is. Um, a potential division game against, uh, you know, the Ravens uh, next week for the uh, Bengals, um, right? So this is such an important game. There is no scenario that exists where they cannot play this game. So here's what's what I my suggestion was. A lot of times the suggestion, you know, people have said, well, they can play on a Thursday night and then maybe play on a Tuesday night the week after to try to offset. That's still unfair to the Bills. Um it's even unfair to the Bills um, this way that I'm going to explain that we should probably do this, but this is what might have to do. You you push the playoffs back one week. Now, not the Super Bowl, because you cannot touch the Super Bowl on the date that it's at. Like, it is, like, that is such a locked-in date. You can't touch that. But we know from the conference championship to the Super Bowl, there is a two-week span, okay? So we push the playoffs back one week. We let the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Bills play uh, the week after the final week of the make it a week nineteenth week of the season, and it's still unfair to the Bills and the Bengals because that means that everybody who has a wild card gets a uh, a bye week, and the Bills or the the Bengals might not get that. But at the end of the day, it's the difference between you know finding a solution to this and not. And I think that's the best solution at this point in time. Can, can I ask what was the score of the game when it happened? Bengals well, seven, seven. Uh, Bills three. Yeah. So I mean, you would have to at least start the game off like that, right? You yeah, start yeah. You would start. Zero. You would start it at the one. It would be the first quarter with five minutes and thirty-eight seconds left in the game, um, and you'd put the ball uh, at the exact spot and just have that everything uh, go the same way. I mean, yeah. What you're saying, it, it's tough to talk about this in this situation, but it is the reality of the situation. And and you're right. That is almost the most fair way to take care of it. But this game has to be played out. I agree. There's there's too many implications of this game. It has to be played out. I don't think they are. And uh, one is this: is that if the Chiefs win this week, then they're the ones that get the bye in that division. Yeah. And really, it's the Bills and the Bengals fighting for the two and the three. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, man, one of them you could coin flip. You could do Rochambeau. You could do break paper rocks. You know what I'm saying? If like that two and three is such a big deal to you at that point. No, uh, the thing is, is they're, they're playing for 
the bye they're like right now the bills no, are there's only for the one bye week no they're fighting yeah. for the number one seed yeah, right. if the chiefs seed. win they can't and the get Bengals it. are no, fighting for the AFC the bills, North. The, the bills have the tiebreaker because they beat the chiefs earlier this year no if the chiefs lose this week then it is a problem but if the right. Chiefs win, they have a better re- no, record. No, no, no. So. That's depending, what I it, it, it just depends on if Buffalo would have won or not. The, if, if the Buffalo Bills won, won out, they game, were the number one seed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But here's the problem, a problem, CK. Think of the conversation around Thursday night football. Mm-hmm. It, it is that there there isn't enough time for teams to get healthy, all these different things. Exactly. But even, it, right, but even with the, the, the way that, that you're doing it, shuffling around a game that big, then expect them to go right into the playoffs right after that and pushing games around. I don't see logistically how these players would be able. They would to have do to it do it every. Way. They do it every week. Well, l- let me ask you, Cody. If if you were a player and they left it up to the players, what do you think the players would vote? Do you think the players I mean, would vote honestly, to have a tie, or the vote would to, to be able to play and have a chance to win that game? Based on, I, what I honestly think that they that. I mean, what they would want to do is if, if they can get a buy and have enough time, like what CK is talking about, maybe they decide to play. But other than that, I think especially the Bills, knowing how concerned they are for DeMar, I kind of just think you chop to both the Bengals and the Bills just chalking it up to a tie. And I know that that's, that's not a great scenario for either one of them. I mean, the, the Bengals hadn't secured their division yet. Technically, the 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 Ravens are are still alive. It was an right. important game, but I, I I just honestly know and knowing how how we also haven't talked about the the PR nightmare that the NFL. Hey, can kind of I actually through. say this, bro? I'm gonna go ahead and tell you this is uh, you might as well go ahead and cancel the C3 Panthers podcast right now Uh-oh. because all you guys have just done is talk about the matchup and not talked about. Tamar Hamlin and how we all need to pray for him and all of this. And well, the thing is, look, is that is, this has really put me in a weird place with the internet. And I'm going to take an unpopular position tonight, I think. Yeah. Well, Tony, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm of the mind. Like, here's the thing. Everybody, and I want to address one thing. KT got it right. I was about to bring this up. There's no way in hell the Bills would be willing to give away home field advantage throughout the entirety of the playoffs for the for the just to take a tie i i know that i know that in 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 hind like it's it's in a perfect world that would be the way to go about it the, there's no shot the bills do that there's no shot that the bills want to give away because i mean you're talking about giving kc home seat home field advantage in the conference championship and you just can't you can't do that you've got to you got to bring a conference championship to the to, to buffalo and that's what they're they're going to be fighting for that's why they will not forfeit this they will not accept a tie here um, but second, there are so many people upset with the NFL for not canceling this game within five minutes, ten minutes of the or CPR. No, just going even on. if you don't have the proper response as a person, right? Ready to. But here's here's the thing that I always I, I, I tend to err on the side of. Okay, there is a man on the field that is his life is in jeopardy, right? But there is no facts. There nobody knows anything. The NFL didn't know anything. The teams didn't know anything. They were waiting to get word. They haven't, he, he hadn't seen the doctors. He was on the way to the hospital. And then when they finally found something out, they made the decision, you know what? We need to, we need to postpone because it wasn't great news that they'd heard, right? They had heard that he wasn't breathing on his own, that he was, 
Like there was none of that. And so it's okay for the NFL to be in a holding pattern and say, let's wait and see what happens. Because what you're talking about, you've got to keep in mind, yes, that man's life is, at, is, is in the balance. But there's also, and this sounds super greedy of me, but you guys know how the world works. If you've, and, and this is a crude way of looking at it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go about it this way. Um, but there's people in those stands that have made that a, uh, an entire vacation. I had a buddy who traveled from down here in Virginia up there to go see the Bills play. Stayed in a hotel, had PTO, made the whole trip, right? So the NFL not only has to think about the people in the field, they've got to think about the 60,000 people in the fans. They got to think about the amount of money their advertisers paid them. They've got to think about how they're going to handle this scheduling debacle. Like you, the people that are shitting on the NFL, I understand the urge to do that. I really do because I they've done they a lot of things it wrong. Quickly, to be honest, I, exactly. well, I, I, I don't think that there was. I don't think people are shitting on the NFL. They are. They are. They're. I think they're, they're saying shitting that the NFL on fan well, responses. And I want to talk about this. Is first, let's just go ahead and acknowledge this. This is a tragedy. Sure. Right. Is Absolutely. when when someone um is is hurt in a in a way that's unexpected right so if you get a knee injury in football you expect a knee injury right right like i mean you don't expect every play to end in a knee injury but those are things that are kind of run of the mill type injuries in the sport sure. it's the horrific the kind of like anomaly anomaly anomalies that are jarring and this one is especially tragic and jarring because you have a man who is in peak physical condition 24 years old suffers some sort of of injury that no one knows really how to diagnose at that moment you know i mean i'm sure the people that were working on him knew uh the symptoms and the things that were going on but you know you're where you know the fans the people watching on tv are waiting for the thumbs up the guy being carted off and we just want to see the thumbs up and then we forget about it and it goes on. Right. right. And these players saw, obviously the individual was not breathing was had to be resuscitated. Right. And CPR was administrated. And those are, so this is a tragic event because in any, anytime anybody is hurt or something bad happens is a tragedy, but this is one that is especially kind of, you know, just abnormal. Right. And um, I think the one thing is that, so I do, I want, you know, as I hope the best for this individual, right. As I hope DeMar uh, recovers, I mm -hmm. hope that the best, I hope even if he can't recover fully, that, that whatever the recovery is, is especially the best possible scenario. Um, The thing that is, it's just, I don't know how to respond is this, is that we just talked for 10 minutes about what the implications were of this with the NFL, with the playoffs. And that's because that's what the podcast is like. That's the whole point of our discussion is football discussion. But there was an immediate pitchforking of people who just didn't say prayers up, prayers up, thank, you know, this type of mantra skip Bayless. well Dude, skip and Bayless I, I think that skip Bayless the problem is that like is even his tweet to me 
was not as ridiculously insensitive as people suggest it was. It's just to me, his apology and his fake cry today was ridiculous is to the point. All I'm trying to say is this. Yeah. I'm not actually not all I'm trying. I'm going to say I'm trying to say a lot of things. I just want people who condemn others for not praying enough, not acknowledging tragedy enough or whatever. Yeah, whatever that mind is, that mindset is to where you're ready to social media lynch them in a way. I just want to know, do you really like if my mom gets mad to that degree, I would understand this woman prays the rosary every day. She believes in the full power of prayer. I don't like these people that I know aren't praying and aren't doing this. And aren't it's to to condemn other people for not caring enough. So and it's like uh and I don't know if it's like to the level what you you've said in the past, Cody, is virtue signaling, whatever it is, is look, is that this is a terrible situation. A terrible situation. But I just it's just the internet is a bizarre place for me, and where we all have to react yeah. the same exact way. Or you're you're the you're the opposite of a good person. Yeah, yeah. You know? I agree with you, Tony. I think one of the reasons, and just speaking broadly here, one of the things that happened is that it, it appears as though the narrative from a surface level was that uh, both head coaches from both football teams and their teams themselves oh, no, were losing you. Did, um, uh, can you hear me? Yeah. That both I can hear of you. The, maybe it was my internet that both of the football teams uh, basically didn't feel comfortable after, I mean, ostensibly watching a man almost die on the football field. And it was their friend, their brother, their teammate. You know, we really don't know how much players get traumatized by these types of moments. More importantly, nobody saw what all the players saw. Like the, the mm-hmm. They saw him getting CPR. That's what they right, saw. But even, but they even saw more an individual though. getting CPR. Right. Right, but even more than that, though, like seeing how – if you were on the field, you got to see an entirely different show than what was shown on the ESPN broadcast. And the reason why I think all the people are upset is because for a minute, Joe Buck said they were going to go back to football. That uh, I mean, it showed Joe Burrow I'm, throwing the ball. I'm they a little surprised ha- they didn't. Job they though, were gonna right? have like, like a I'm a five, little surprised they didn't, to be honest. They were gonna have a five honestly, the fact that they didn't warm up period and then go back to playing football. And it was collectively the coaches and the teams that said, Nah, we're not, we're not doing this. And they collectively decided to go back to the locker room. So I think that's where you are all the pitchforks are coming from that the nfl like was too insensitive in the way that they handled the situation i don't think they were at all i think the fact that they immediately said they said that this game is yeah joe buck said that but there was no indication right they said the people in the stands didn't know what was going on the even the i heard a guy who was in the press box on the radio today so they didn't have an announcement like everybody's just kind of watch like and then the teams leave they come back and like no yeah, one really no, yeah. knows and i think the what ck was saying the holding pattern is i tell you this is i think that if anything i thought the the fact that the nfl didn't that i thought they were kind of 
feeling it out. Right. And the fact that they didn't kind of, it was kind of bizarre in some ways too, is that the Buffalo Bills defense walked back out on the field. Like they were going, you know, is that, you mean you had, I don't know. I mean, these are one of those injuries. It's like a neck injury. It's something where, you know, it's just such a horrific thing. Right. Um, I'm just a little surprised today that, uh, now I won't say surprise. That's not the right word. It's just this is that it has is like immediately it was somebody has to be at fault here. Yeah. Like, I don't even think the NFL did anything wrong. Like, I felt like they didn't announce anything prematurely. They didn't do anything. And now the NFL, the NFL is saying that whoever told that to Joe Buck, that they were going to have five minutes or whatever and then be play that the NFL never said that to right. anyone. Like, the and NFL is is actively walking it back. And the NFL, when they put a statement there, like, you know, the NFL's on-hand CPR staff and medical crew resuscitated him, basically saying all this money that we pay for paramedics and stuff to make sure that it's safe, that this is, this is why. You know, this yeah. is why we do it. Um yeah, I mean, my my, my last my, 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 my last thing I'll say about it is just that I hope it ends up being okay. I yes. know nine nine minutes to be on the field for nine minutes, and and to you know to be resuscitated that long, dude. I I don't know. I mean, he really is still oh. in very critical condition. Everybody, if you if you're a prayer, if you're not, whatever you need to do, send your positive energies out to DeMar Hamlin and hopefully um, think, he comes yeah. back and is, and is, and is able to play at some point, you know, the, the one thing I did want to, or I heard David Chow, Dr. David Chow, who is former chargers, um, sports doctor. He's been on the podcast before and now he's kind of made his niche on the internet and media as being the sports doctor guy that comes on everything when something happens and he said something and, and he's, and he was very cautious in a way he said it as so as not to make it sound snarky or anything like that. But he was saying, if there was a place where you want to quit breathing it's right there, it's in, in an NFL stadium where you have 40 professionals right there ready. So someone has a heart attack in their house and someone doesn't find them or you take think about the time it takes for paramedics to arrive and these types of things and we don't know exactly what the they, they said cardiac arrest how it's induced or different things we don't know uh yes and i do as you know we are hope i hope uh you know you wish no one gets hurt and everything like that it is tragic that this has happened and um the implications for football, I'm sure, for the media and for us are something to talk about. I'm sure the that his family and himself and people who truly love him and care about him care very little about that. Can I tell right. you this, and we can move on? Um, the NFL Players Association will have a uh, an ace when they go to that CBA negotiation next round. Well, okay, can we, is, can is we that mention really... that is that, like, this was not in any way. All right, actually, 
I'm not going to make any. Hold on. I want. I want to. I want to address why I say that because I know what's about to come out of uh, Greg's mouth. This not saying that the NFL did anything wrong. The NFL did nothing wrong. The reason, in my opinion, I see nothing that the NFL did wrong in this in this scenario last night. Um, again, this is just from the optics that I see outside of what rumors are out there and what people are saying. I don't. I I have no ability to verify that, nor does anybody else on the internet. Um, but. The reason I say that the CBA will be uh, heavily in favor of the players next go round is now that this has happened, it's no longer just a matter of my knees are, you know, going to be impacted for the rest of my life. My ability to be able to remember things are going to be impacted. Now it's my life. These players' lives are on the line, right? And so they're going to be able to have that card, regardless of whether it's something that you believe it's a, such a rare thing or not. It is a card that they can play and they will have that option. I can see what you're saying, and I'm not trying to take away from the player at all or the players, what's happened, you know, in this incident at all. But I don't think that one incident is enough to make a change, like like make a change. That's like saying that because somebody got in a car wreck, you know, you should ban driving. You know, I, I mean, think re- realistically, it is like, like how I, 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 I hate to be that crude about it, but how often does this happen? I think not CK enough, is not, right. Not, not no, enough to CK where they is right to that it, an ace yeah. in the hole, you know, CK is right that this is leverage. It's just leverage. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and one it's major. Way. It's major leverage. The only yeah. thing yeah. that I, mean, I thought be, that but, mm. I thought it was I was listening to one radio show today and Doug Gottlieb's asked the guy who was on the call or something like this. It was some somebody who was informed on, you know, involved in this and former player and stuff. And he goes, is there anything the NFL can do to increase player safety? <laughs> and like, I felt like he just asked it to ask, like he felt like he had to ask it. And the guy just ultimately said, is like, if we want to really talk about, and he didn't say this, but this is what I was thinking. It's like, if we really want to talk about player safety, this is not the injury to highlight. Right. Like, I mean, cause there's nothing this you can Luke. Yeah. I mean, this it's like, even the Luke. hit was not malicious. I mean, he was the one hitting. It was textbook. It was tech. Everything that happened was tech. the thing that happened was such, I don't know if you guys have done it, heard anybody explain what happened, like at least from the outside looking in. Um, but if you look on the outside and you look in, basically, I talked to a buddy of mine who is a uh, a coach uh, for a lacrosse team uh, in uh, for a university, and he was saying the only injury they have to worry about is what this dude had to deal with. Basically, when you take a a, a, a lacrosse ball at 60 miles an hour to the chest, if it hits your chest at the exact right moment, meaning within milliseconds of a certain part of your heartbeat, it um, jumps. This starts. is. It, it causes this, you know, cardiac arrest. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's at least from the outside looking in, that looks like what has happened. It's such mm-hmm. a rare thing to have happened, but that's, that's kind of the scenario. T Higgins did nothing wrong. Uh, right. DeMar yeah. did nothing right. wrong. We are it's in a, a no scenario where this is just, and this is the thing that's why it's so tough because everybody is trying to blame somebody, right? Somebody's mm-hmm. trying to blame T Higgins on the internet. Somebody's trying to play the blame the NFL because they're trying mm-hmm. to start, People in the middle of tragedy, people have to look for somebody to lay the blame on. And mm-hmm. it's okay for nobody to be at fault. It's okay mm-hmm. for that yeah. to be the case. It's okay for there I to be an so. accident yeah, that is not anybody's doing. And yeah. it's okay to not have somebody to look at as the evil villain. Everybody yeah. did what they could last night. You have the coaches, the players, and the NFL. Everybody did what they needed to do to make sure people had their mental health in check, to make sure they were physically 
okay and they had if you want to talk about something let's talk about if you want to you know condemn the nfl let's also praise the nfl for having the resources that an nfl game to save this guy's life agree okay so stop Mm -hmm. sitting there and pretending like the nfl is the villain in this case and remember everybody here is human being and they saved a dude's life by having these resources on 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 Mm -hmm. uh, on the field yeah you're absolutely right man you you don't have the the play this play in your playbook like you really don't like you, you put contingencies in there for stuff like this to happen, which luckily saved his life or helped save his life. But you don't you don't plan for this to happen and you don't you don't have a plan for it. I mean, how like I said, how often does this happen? This here's is, my final word. I even, and we're I don't gonna, even know what happened. Like, what um, exactly final happened? word in that we're going to ch- sh- give out. Uh, we got to shout out these super chats here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just interested this as I came on not wanting to talk about this to be honest because i um you know kind of fearful in some ways or trepidated like there's some trepidation for me about like how people if you say the wrong thing you do any of this i really read the room differently than ck though um ck is really believed that the a lot of the the angst has been taken out on the nfl and I, as I've been looking at, maybe it's just what I've been reading, what I've been looking at, maybe it's what's been focused on. It's been people crit- about reactions. It's people's reactions. Skip Bayless being the the highlight of this. But if you look at Jason Whitlock to these, to the, like all these, it's like now people are interested in, are you reacting right to the event? Right. So that's interesting that um, I like this is because we don't, brings on the diversity of opinions here and so um it's nice to hear a different angle than just looking at it from the way i look at it uh cody let's shout out um let, let's remind everybody you can uh, support the c3 panthers podcast by smashing the thumbs up button subscribing being part of the conversation we want to remind you too that we are not football experts we're just expert football fans we're talking about the the game of football and the carolina panthers from a fan perspective and uh, I hope that you guys just respect uh, if you're listening that our dialogue is just, we're just trying to be honest and uh, just have a good as a meaningful as conversation as we can. And we'd love to hear your opinions. You can do that by calling in at 252-228-5098. Go ahead, Cody. Yeah. And look, so after this, we're getting straight into the coach talk. You know, we want to talk about this first, but then move on. Uh, we got over uh, $25. From our man, God of Blackness, man. He said Skip made an observation like Kanye. Yeah, he, he agrees with uh, with uh, with you. It's like maybe it was a little bit uh, overblown. Uh, again, I know I don't want to have a discussion about this, but just so that way we're reading everybody's chat. Uh, wondered if it was Vax, which, by the way, he was. Um, $5. A lot of people think that could be to blame. So again, that's above uh, my pay grade. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't. I, yeah. I don't think the other too much about that, man. But um, and to hang on, we have one more. Lux man tried to donate a little bit earlier. Uh, I think he said it didn't go through well for him. But Lux, we appreciate you, brother. Happy that you're joining the show. But uh, yeah, I hear you, man. People are ready to start. Uh, you know, this has been the topic all day, and people are kind of ready to move on from this and. You yeah. know, get back to, to business as well. Yeah, let's focus this on the Carolina Panthers, man. Remember, this is the C3 Panthers podcast, the longest running Panthers podcast. And we're here talking about the Carolina Panthers from the fan perspective. Cody, uh, 
yesterday, I think it was yesterday, um, as soon as I saw the the story come out on The Athletic, it was only two paragraphs. It wasn't even a story. It just said this. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, interested in returning to the NFL, would be happy, you know, would take an offer or something like that, just ready to get back to business. So anyway, go back to this. Is I knew as soon as go, you can go back to the the previous one. Is that as soon as I knew that popped out, I was like, "Yep, this is going to be the news cycle." And then today, all the talk has been about the Carolina Panthers coaching staff not named Steve Wilkes. Yeah, yeah I, I uh, good, good, Cody. I was just going to say that, that um, you know, we heard this a few days ago. And we even said on the post-game show that, that the game against Tampa Bay, for all intents and purposes, it was the litmus test. If if Steve Wilkes, um, you know, had a chance at being named head coach, he needed to to win that game against Tampa and have us competing for the NFC South championship. Uh, damn near as soon as that happened, we hear uh, sources saying uh, an informed source. Uh, says at this point is unlikely that the next Carolina Panthers head coach be Steve Wilkes. The same source tells me that David Tepper has an affinity for 49ers defense player D'Amico Ryans, which is funny to me because it seemed like all the other news coming out until this point was that David Tepper wanted a young offensive-minded head coach. So that's, if you can go back to where minimize us uh, here is. Yeah. So we, we, when did this tweet come out? Cause I think I saw that this was January, January 2nd yesterday. at three. This was yesterday at three fifty eight. In fact, I woke up this morning, early morning. I messaged this guy, Mark Ryan, by the way, and tomorrow a little plug for us. Shameless plug is I have to pre-record it tomorrow, but I will drop it tomorrow night as, a bonus segment on the beat check, but I'll be talking with Mark Ryan about this is, but when this came out, I had just read that story yesterday about the, like the same day about Harbaugh. And then I read this and I was like, really, you know, now it's not about, so this was just a long side of that story. It's like, wait a second, not interested in Wilkes. Then they dropped Amico Ryan's. Then you got to think, why do they drop that name? Is this like the way to continue to, cater to the Rooney rule in some sort of way. And then all of a sudden the shift that the zero, this conversation has been about D'Amico Ryan's and all today it's been about Harbaugh. Yeah. I mean, the, the happened with Harbaugh, uh, fairly, you know, it, it happened today. It kind of started yesterday and we're going to get to some of the rumors around it, but before we jump headlong into the Harbaugh conversation, I wanted to bring up one more thing from Steve Wilkes, and then I wanted to talk about Steve Wilkes for a second. Um, because one of the things that uh, was mentioned in his press conference um, was he basically said uh, uh, Coach Wilkes was asked if after looking at tape, he would have been more aggressive and gone for it on fourth and one in minus territory. He says it wouldn't. Um, he said a few interesting things. But I'll let you listen to the words of Wilkes. Looking back, would you still put it in that situation or maybe been more aggressive? Well, when, when you look at 
the opportunity, let me go ahead a little bit. When we had fourth and two, uh, we're in plus territory. I went for that. Uh, there was two opportunities where we were not in plus territory um, that I did not, and I wouldn't change it because I think one, we're up seven, nothing, and, and the other one's 14 and nothing. But when you have number 12 on the other side, uh, when he can, you know, he's already in field goal range, uh, I felt pretty comfortable trying to, you know, pin those guys back inside the five and let our defense go to work. Right? Let me back also into those two plays. Uh, it was third and one. We ran the zone read. We had the numbers outside with the count. You know, Sam should have threw the ball out to LaVisca. We'd have the first down. Uh, he had the read inside where he pulled it, and we didn't get it. The next one was Chuba on a draw play, and uh, he got to get his feet up and make one guy miss, and we got the first down. So uh, great effort by him, but uh, we got to find a way to get that extra yard. So do you guys agree with his of that situation of choosing to not be aggressive in that moment? I hear what you're saying. You know, it's a could have, should have, would have. Maybe if Sam did with hindsight's he, always twenty twenty, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If right. he got the ball to Lavishka Chenault, then maybe he would have. You know, maybe it would have been a positive play. But he did double down on the decisions that he made. Um, While well, at the same not time, answer, almost. But- yeah, almost ahead. throwing Sam Darnold under the bus a little bit there, though. Yeah, go ahead, Greg. I, I, I've been a supporter of Wilkes to be the guy from the beginning, and I, didn't I like think the same I, I think it's unfair after this game saying that if he didn't win the NFC South, that he's not the guy. Right. I think if you give a guy one in five team and you say if you don't win the division, you're not the guy. That's unfair. I get there's got to be a cutoff line. There's got to be some point where you've got to say. This is what you've got to do or you're not that guy. But I think winning the NFC South is one. Look, Steve Wilkes didn't lose this game for us this week. One guy lost this game this week for us. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Steve Wilkes. Okay? And he's lost a few games for us this year. Who is We're it? We're going to talk about that later, I'm sure. <laughs> so, uh, we talked still about it a ton on the post game. You can go ahead and say his name. Yeah. Uh, so EJ Henderson, Henderson lost this game for us. Yeah, like, hands down, lost All right, game. Um, but I want to follow but, up on that with Go ahead, go finish your thought, and then I'm. I was just gonna say it's it's unfair for for Wilkes to be. I I feel like to be judged. I feel like he's going to be judged from this point on as because he didn't win this game. He's not the guy. No, but you've got to look at the entirety of what he's done this season. He made me excited for football again as a fan. This here's the thing though is that in some this this is in some ways very much analogous to a position that you guys hate that I take all the time on this podcast. And that is that kickers don't lose games. They win games. And Steve Wilkes didn't lose. Hasn't lost this job by not winning the playoffs. He hasn't, what'd you, in the words, what did, how did you phrase it is not doing, uh, well, yeah, he didn't just, earn it, didn't get it. Did, you know, is yeah, that here's just, the thing. just by having talking of, of the coaches right. immediately after is he you're right. Game. Is yeah. that look is what Wilkes has demonstrated and proved to us is that he's capable, competent to be a head coach in the NFL. Right. But here's the thing is the question is, is he it's not when you go and get interview for a job. Multiple people are competent and capable of doing the job. It's just, who are they going to pick? This is true. And Wilkes, what he, it's not what he didn't, it's not what he did do was wrong. 
And not even that. As like well, all I'm trying to say is this is if he wins this game, he's the head coach. Right. If he well, beats if if and not it he seems unfair. He's not gonna win this game. If the Panthers, if it just went the other way, if it would have just had yeah. a different outcome, if it would have if, if CJ Henderson would have batted one down, play it doesn't matter. The whole point of the the fact of the matter is is that was an L at the end of the day. Sure. If it was a W, you would take this Harbaugh news that's coming around to D'Amico Ryan's and you would say, we don't really care about it. So, so and what happens then? Wilkes would have said he earned, you know, he would have taken the job instead of waiting. To be, and it's not that he waited. It's just now it's not certain. And well, in he, fact, now he, he has, it's like a, just less, the winds are at his in his in, in his face now instead of in his back at his back well the my, fairness my issue, aspect of it oh go ahead okay okay i was just say my, my last point is my issue is is how wishy-washy we are in it like if he went you say if he wins this game then he wins the job okay cool well if he wins this game we still haven't won the nfc south we're in the lead with one game left but we could still lose so what happens if he wins this game and then we lose next week and tampa bay wins I think you Does have. It, it's do we, just are we back so on the train if he, he doesn't a, have this job? Well, how about this? Is now if it's a it's a lot more um, endearing of a discussion to right. say he has earned it after this win, and then you didn't win against the Saints, and it just didn't fall your way, or you know, what I'm saying is this is that now week 17 is completely meaningless. True. True. I, I I just mean that if we win next week, then we're in the same spot that if we would have beaten Tampa Bay and lost to New Orleans. I want to yeah. I want to make you it know? clear. So. I think I think it's fair to say that uh, that he would have had a better opportunity. So if Steve Wilkes had won this game, his name is still at the top of the list. How about that? Right. If right? they make the playoffs, um, what about right. that? If they make the playoffs, he's got to be the guy. Yeah. And then the second thing is. Him losing this game didn't remove him from the equation, right? Right. It just all it did was it uh, it it put him in the list of people who are going to be interviewed. That's it. Put a crack in the ice. If you're watching a horse race, is that he was out? uh, He was a long shot horse that got out to a good start, yeah, and maintained it through the third lap or whatever. But down the stretch, yeah, but down the stretch, it's not even that he's not running as fast as, but the other horses are just closing in. That's it. We don't know what the answer is going to be. He's got a seat at the table, and that's the main thing. Like, that's... Yeah. I think his name name should be considered. And listen, I I, I was very high on Steve Books, and I still am. You know, things that we have been saying for weeks... It's not like just after this Tampa Bay loss that all of those things are null and void. It is so true that we would like to see Steve Wilkes with an offseason to be the head coach, to build this thing up in the right direction, and to actually get the chance that he's never truly gotten before. Um, And I understand all the people that say, hey, well, you're never going to – he's never going to prove himself under these scenarios unless you give him the opportunity to do so. And I absolutely understand that, man. Uh, I just, you know, I, if I'm a betting man, I would say that, that the guy that we're getting ready to talk about is probably higher up on the list of David Tepper's priorities. Right. And as much as we might want Steve Wilkes to get that chance, I just Thank think you, knowing, knowing, knowing who David Tepper is, 
I really just I, I I think the Panthers are gonna move on and they're gonna go in an offensive minded direction. And we're we're about to talk about that a little more fully. First, shout out to our good brother, Nick Montero with the nineteen ninety-nine love bomb. Yeah. Nick, you know we love your brother. He said Steve Wilkes might not be the best coach available, but he is the best for us. You cannot overlook how motivational he has been for this team in a terrible situation that was created by David Tepper in the first place. Bars. Love that from my man, Nick. Nick, we certainly appreciate you, brother. Um, And then uh, the final two uh, that we have here, Wilkes pulling pulling punches like pre-Riverboat Ron. I like him, but no playoffs equals shop around. And that kind of seems like another fair statement, too. The stats with $2 says our kicker did lose the Atlanta game for us, though. And uh, I I think I probably... And you could say the Browns game. Actually, you know what? You can say lose it. He had an opportunity to win it. Every, you know, is that... that's Anyway, we're not going to argue about my point that I always make about kickers. But when it comes down to the last... So, for instance... Again, this happened where the Georgia Bulldogs held on to a lead. Is that Ohio State kicker didn't lose the game for Ohio State? He just didn't win it for him. Yeah, you know, I mean, they were I already you, down a point, and that's the thing is for Wilkes is that there was if he would have won against Pittsburgh and won, if he would have won two more games, not him. If this team under his leadership would have won two more games. There would have been no conceivable way you could have hired another candidate. Right. That's my thing is like is now there's actually a way that the conversation exists. Right. Where, like you said, he gets a seat at the table. And I tell you, Harbaugh, if uh, let's be honest, folks, is that. Eight weeks ago, before uh, Steve Wilkes had taken over and you had seen anything about this. If you said that the Carolina Panthers were going to fire Matt Rule and uh, the guy that they potentially would be getting was Jim Harbaugh, would you not be interested as a mofo? Right. I mean, and that's the thing is, is after the season, now that the season is done, right? It's no, I mean, we're just playing for Pinos at this point, right? Now that it's done um, and we haven't made it to the dance. This becomes a lot more appealing. I'm a Steve Wilkes fan, but this does open up my mind to, okay, and I talked about it on Sunday. I said, we've been grading Steve Wilkes on the Matt Rule uh, grading scale, right? We've been saying that Steve Wilkes is so much better than what Matt Rule is. Well, that's not a great measuring stick, right? You're not talking about measuring sticks of, 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 like, that's basically like saying that, uh, you know, your your two year old is is uh twice as tall as your one year old, right? It's it's it doesn't help. What you want is you want a guy who's going to be the guy, and I, in in you know, unfortunately, Jim Harbaugh Harbaugh has been that guy. I do want to make this clear to people because if 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 Steve Wilkes is not going to be the head coach, I am telling you right now. He is not going to be our defensive coordinator. People are already hoping oh, that he's going to sign I up for know. that. If, if I read that one more time. Yeah, he's so not you, going to. Do you think he gets an offer somewhere else? Number one. That, it Jason, just would be like the, it, it would be like no. if, 
It has. It would just be. It would be like you'd be a cuck. Well, no, it's not even that. David Tepper will not be choosing the defensive coordinator. Right. Jim Harbaugh well, right. would be. Like right. people are, yeah, are so like you're, yeah, but you're, you're I mean, Will is, is part. Too, of, I mean, like I would hope every no one would he would have the backbone. I'm all he right. Would legitimately, with, would just say this is thanks, but no thanks. That's what I would say. Imagine if you tried out for the job, and you really would, and then you got they're like, but here we'll give you this other one. I'd just be like, thanks, right. but no thanks. Right. Well, and here's the thing: is is if you want to try to see if maybe he wants to be a part of like a the the back office in some way shape or form like you similar like you see down with uh no, i don't think uh, i think in, it in just makes Bay it too complicated tony is, com- tony is completely right if you're steve wilkes there is no way on god's green earth right that you that you will have gone from taking this panthers team to <laughs> yeah. the bottom of the nfl to a legitimate contender for the you're NFC just going South, i'm going to my lawyer's office bad, even though it's bad, you're not going to go and just say, oh, okay, well, I'll come and be the second in command for the next guy that you're going to hire who maybe never would have done what I accomplished this year with the means that I had available to me and the resources that I had available to me. So He's just yeah, going to walk to that is, lawyer's yeah. office at that point and say, this is yeah. what I've been saying. <laughs> but you know what, though? At this point, like if we're just going to keep it real, if we're already hearing rumors, and again, they're all rumors, man. Nobody knows what yeah. David Tepper is really thinking this far well, look out. At this one, though. We Read can, this we, one we can speculate, but what I'm saying is, is that if you believe that he's already looking for other coaches, then that that lawsuit, he in in his mind, that's the NFL's problem and not his. After everything that he has been through as the owner. Of the Carolina right. Panthers, oh, that's a good he, point. he is going to do every single thing in his power to secure a head coach that he feels is going to give him the best chance going forward in the long run. And fact of the matter is, all the names that you've been hearing are guys that have had a proven track record as a head coach. We were hearing Sean Payton originally. Then we started hearing Quinn, who none of us wanted. But he's been to a Super Bowl. All it reveals is what David Tepper is looking for, someone with a proven resume. And what I'm here to tell you is that there is no one now available with a more proven resume, in my opinion, than Harbaugh. This Dude, is originally- I've been saying this forever. I've been trying to tell you this is the name. This is the only name that yeah. would have brought yeah. it enough whatever wow factor. And to be honest, look, he even wore the Panther jersey at one point. Never played. Uh, what was active in a couple games. Never played. Uh, well, but he's an offensive guy, right? I mean, he was a former quarterback. He has and, had r- ridiculous, I mean, like crazy success in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. And and here's the thing is it, nobody's questioned his success. And anybody who, here's People the thing. People say he's is, hard to work with. That And that's the question mark that that was, that's kind of like the, the cloud over top of his tenure in the 49ers, right? Uh, you know, organization was was his his personality and how he ran a locker room. Um, and do you think uh, that could be overblown though? Yes, too? yes, absolutely. I, I far I think that too because uh, the problem 
child, the the problem that they had there was really a relationship between that guy Trent Balky, who was I think their GM yeah, at the time, GM. and him. And so some people tried to. I wonder if we kind of ate or like uh, kind of listened to some of the the tidbits being leaked by maybe the Balky camp that like Harbaugh was the problem. A Harbaugh to get around, but think about this: is there right now they got who uh, the the former guy from tampa bay or all who's their gm now for san francisco oh. um uh, he's like the best name? one yeah, in the league lynch. Lynch, lynch, Jim, lynch. uh lynch yeah is it's so john lynch the the thing is is it's not like balky survived all of this is what harbaugh did is have tremendous success in the nfl come within a play of basically winning the super bowl i think yeah going outside to of a win. power blackout they would have had that yeah um he's then um move to the college ranks again for the second time and had tremendous success there and you know Depends is that everybody continues well, i think it's a big turnaround for how bad they were for a long sure. time but yeah. then and on top of that is that while we continue to hear how difficult he is to work with everybody wants him well and, so and i don't know if here. i can really buy into that all the time exactly. is that look is like he they just say he's kind of like well, look, the players don't hate him in Michigan. We're yeah. all going to be wearing khaki pants, boys. Yeah. Think think about this. Didn't people say that, like, in Seattle, that uh, Pete Carroll was the problem? He was a huge problem. Yeah, like, they started to say it when Carroll. they started to go down. Yeah, and then, yeah, look and, at and what then they got rid Denver. of Russell Wilson, and, and, and they're playing better than they have in years. Well, not in years, I, so, but they're playing well. So. I, I, I think also, you're exactly, great point. Bill was also add... hard to work with, guys. Bill Belichick. People, I mean, like, <laughs> it, come on yeah, now. But, but when they win, yeah, who guess cares? who else like, is hard to work you gotta, with? You gotta do hard things to win sometimes. That's so, sometimes uh, you should have things to win. White Chocolate Espresso asks a great question: Is Tepper going to let him have roster control? And I think mm. something that we can, that we need to bring up is the differences between being a college head coach and an NFL head coach. Yes, he is proven. As an NFL head coach, he went to the Super Bowl with the San Francisco 49ers. So this is a night and day different situation than what we had with Matt Rule. But when you're the head coach of a blue blood powerhouse football team, you have to understand you are the god on campus. Literally everything that Harbaugh says and does goes. Same thing Matt Rule wanted uh with the Panthers, like what you had at Temple and Baylor. If you are going to ask Jim Harbaugh to come back here, what we are essentially saying is the type of situation that we had under Matt Rule, with Matt Rule calling all the shots, having final roster say so, you're out of your mind if you don't think that Jim Harbaugh isn't going to ask for the same thing if he comes to Carolina. I give it to him in a um, heartbeat. Would you this, fire is, Scott Fitterer to do it? No, I think Scott Fitterer is perfect. He's the wet it's noodle that you need. He's the messenger. He's the guy that goes and does what Harbaugh or what Matt Rule said before, but now what Harbaugh could say next. And I understand, Cody, that we're coming off of that, uh, the guy who buys into themselves more. Like, like I said, I, that's really the criticism of Rule, where Rule thought he was cooler than he was. But I think Harbaugh's, demonstrated from different platforms and i think you got to put some context into it a little bit one is that what he did was at stanford right 
think it was Stanford. Yeah. And that was with luck, I believe. Yeah, so this is I, I think have he was the resume. coach. I mean, like, let's go back. Yeah, like is that uh, was he with luck uh at Stanford? Yeah. And yeah. where did Christian McCaffrey play at too? Uh well when when McCaffrey, yeah, it was it was at Stanford, yeah. but when, when McCaffrey way played, after, yeah. Okay, was, that was uh, when he would be in the it was uh what, what's the guy's name? The head coach of Stanford. His name okay. is Chat. Put his name in the chat, the head coach of Stanford. But this is the uh uh, I mean, some of the, the selling points. I just want to mention this about what you're Harbaugh. talking about with the God on whatever stuff real quick is that Michigan, though, while they are the blue blood of blue blood type teams, and you think about that, they had been very bad for a long time before Harbaugh took over. And like, I just want to put this into context is that the, Carol- the, East, the ECU Pirates are going to be playing in Ann Arbor next week. I mean, next week, next year, the opening week for uh, college, their college football season. There was a time when Appalachian State beat Michigan. You know, it's like, is that wow? They and then all of a sudden now they have quietly, I would say quietly until this year, just won. Like lunch pail won. They were in the playoffs last year. They were in the playoffs last year. They made it to the playoffs this year. They were in a of game with TCU. Um, this is some of his track record, right? So uh, he's an ex-player. He was former quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, you know? So that's something to be said. Uh, he was successful in both college and NFL at multiple spots. So that's something to be said. It also doesn't say it here, but he's a part of a football family. You know, his father played. His brother is the coach for the Ravens. Like, these guys and have not been just kicked. the coach these for the Ravens, been, like an incredible coach. Yeah, these guys have been kicking ass at the head coaching position for the past 20 years or more, right? Uh, he's a proven quarterback developer. So he was able to uh, improve Andrew Luck. He made Colin Kaepernick the answer to that 49ers squad while he was there. And look at this record, man. And this is, I think, probably the strongest selling point for Harbaugh. He's 44-19-1 as an NFL head coach. Uh, and, and that's his regular season record. And he has no losing seasons. That's something that we've been talking about with Mike Tomlin. That Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. Harbaugh. Might not still. Yeah, and might not still, right? Uh, Harbaugh is that type of coach. He's that type of commodity that you're talking about. So it's easy to see why, if David Tepper, why David Tepper is having conversations with Jim Harbaugh right now. There was also yeah. this uh, another rumor that floated around that oh, uh, before they hired Rule, Harbaugh had called. David Tepper and inquired about the job, and yet uh, we never Harbaugh, heard that last yeah, that, year. We didn't hear that, that one. Time. No, and we never heard that before. And more importantly, it's bullshit. If David Tepper yeah. slammed the phone on a Jim Harbaugh when he was hiring his next head coach, then he'd be the dumbest millionaire in the or billionaire in the world. I know damn well that that didn't happen, right? Yeah. I mean, we can put that to bed. 
the, I want to put yeah, yeah go ahead. Uh, Pickle was saying that Jimmy Clausen was here longer than Harbaugh, and that is true in Carolina. But let's also point out this is that he started playing in the NFL. He was selected in the first round in 1987. So right. he then yeah. was in the NFL for what is that 14 seasons before he gets to the Carolina Panthers. Jimmy Clausen didn't play three seasons. Right. You know I'm saying it's so it's like, yes, is that we just like saying is that he wore the Panthers jersey like there's some sort of not that that connection really exists. But I want to point out this, too, is he's had two stints in the NFL, one uh, as in coaching. One was um, his first was with an as an assistant with the Oakland Raiders when Rich Gannon led the Raiders to a Super Bowl. And he also won the NFL MVP that year, Rich Gannon. And Harbaugh was one of the quarterback coaches. He was the quarterback coach, it looks like, uh, with Rob Johnson and some other small. But, like, he's he kind of fits the exact. What box does he not check? Right. Well, this, Of the this things that it. you have wanted in lieu yeah. of the, not only where we were before the Matt Rule hire, but what's happened with Matt Rule and all of this, what is the nick against him? So I'll say this, and then I'm going to pass the mic to the Bat Daddy. One of the big criticisms around Jim Harbaugh is that he's always a bridesmaid, never a bride. This man, ever since he's been uh, in the college football, let me just read this tweet here. Jim Harbaugh has now lost six straight bowl games with Michigan. So that's not even the playoffs. That's just every bowl game that they've been in, they've lost. And they were allowing almost 40 points in game, right? And even going back to the NFL, you know, he made it to the playoffs before. But even when he went to the school, you know, like CK said, maybe if the power didn't go out, uh, maybe they win. But at the end of the day, he has never won. It's like a muff putt or something, too. Yeah. It was like something, it was like one I'm a, play. I'm going to pass the mic to Greg. Uh, the last thing I'll say is that at once upon a time, this was a very similar thing that was said about Andy Reid. That for as good of a coach as Andy Reid was, he never, ever won games True. and never, ever went all the way and nobody's yeah. saying about that nobody's saying that about him now go ahead Matt right Jade. well i just wanted to say like i i feel like what i want right now is i want to i want to sign the guy that i know is going to be the guy for the next 10 15 years yes well, Carolina. like I, I i want that franchise coach and th- he like he looks like the guy you could sign to be that guy if, if, if it works out based on his stats He's a franchise guy else, already in the way, Greg. He's guy, yeah. been in the he's got the top job for the last 20 years. It's not like he's a new name. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like and he's gonna have another job next year, even if he don't pick. have this job. And it's let's be real pick. about it. Yeah. If if we hire him and he's around for 10 or 15 years, that means we've gotten to the Super Bowl, we've yeah, won right. the Super Bowl, right. and we've had back to back super back to back winning seasons. Like that's the thing yeah. we haven't been able to overcome. Um, and and here's here's the part uh that with with Harbaugh, yes, about what's the negative. I mean, you're always going to have that cloud that we were talking about earlier about how he's going to interact with players. And 
right now the players really love Steve Wilkes. Yeah, that's a good point. Good and the point. players are really buying into what Steve Wilkes is giving you. Are they going to come back to a guy like Harbaugh, who now I know that he's had success, but for the past six years, he's been in a college environment treating guys like college students, uh, college players. Is he going to be able to adjust to what these guys in the NFL need a coach to be? The answer it. The answer is a resounding yes. CK. You believe so? Because I mean, I think that was a part of his, the, the question marks around him as a head coach in the 49ers uniform. I think a, a lot of that, I think we're going to go back and we can find out a, that's a long time ago. One B that there's probably uh, some deflection coming from the other voices that were also in trouble in that 49ers thing. But here's the thing guys, actually I want to point to is that cause I really don't care. I, I don't, I think the question is whether or not he gets a job or not. Like, I mean, or Wilkes does Wilkes camaraderie undermine what he could bring to the table, I guess. I think this is that, and I didn't say that correctly, but what I mean is that, yes, it's a cool story. It's a great story that Matt Rule was fired and that Steve Wilkes, the Charlotte guy, who we brought back in just uh, this year to kind of basically oversee in, in, in case something like this happened with Rule, that's why they brought Steve Wilkes back, essentially, is to be a safety net for if Rule failed. I mean, they made Rule, or Rule had to retool all of his coaching staff for the event that he got fired. So it's been a good story. The Panthers somehow coalesced. They dis uh, a, a family in, in, in disarray, somehow bonded under the leadership of, uh, of Uncle Steve Wilkes. It's a good story, but these players are going to be gone next year. This team is going to be completely different. And that story, while it is, it means something to some of these players on this team. There are too many moving parts for it to be a, a, a thing that overrides. Like, I think the, like bringing in just a good guy who's going to do the thing, like everything is, is enough to, uh, to make that feel in June or July, like that was years in the past. You know, is yeah. that like, I mean, like how much, how long will the story, the, I mean, it's a good story with Wilkes. And you know what? I'd be very happy if Wilkes is the mm -hmm. coach. I don't feel like we're going to be in a bad situation. I just think this is that Harbaugh has exactly, he fits every, thing that we said that we have been interested in right. as Panther fans for a long time now. And this even goes before Matt rule. You're talking about a yeah. guy with pedigree. You're talking about a guy who is on the offensive side of the football. And I don't care if you don't think he's like the biggest mastermind or whatever is that he, the offense, he will always be well-equipped in that department and we just haven't had that 20 years 20 cool. years of either defensive coaches which i guess you would you would end up classifying wilkes as and then rule just being a fraud coach is just he just was a fake coach mm. i don't think this the is the guy would, yeah 
I don't think the players would have a problem with uh, playing for a different coach necessarily. They may love Wilkes, but at the same time, you're getting paid to play for the Panthers, no matter who's coaching the team. Um, I mean, and honestly, once you've played for Matt Rule, you've hit the bottom anyway. So anybody but Matt Rule is up. So I feel like they'd play for anybody. Sure. But yeah. it's the difference uh, yeah, about how they play, right? And uh, and whether they buy in. Like, we also thought that these guys would play under Rule, and we see a completely different team now that Rule's gone. They tried to, though. They tried. I, I, I can, can, I, can I say... What gives me pause is just the amount of control that I do think that we would have to give up. And listen, Let's I understand. Well, and, and listen, I understand that, you know, you can't ask for a better pedigree than Jim Harbaugh. Like, I, I understand that. And by the way, if I'm a betting man, I'll go ahead and say this now. I'll make my prediction. I do think Jim Harbaugh isn't going to be the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, and and part of the reason why I wanted to to even talk about this tonight, it's so much about David Tepper, because understand this man, when you know when we were talking about after Jerry Richardson was disgraced and shamed away from the team, you know one of the reasons why we said David Tepper was always going to be the front runner to buy the team was just because he could sign a check, like two point five billion dollars was was nothing to this man. Well, for a brief stint in time, he was the highest, uh, he was the most uh, wealthiest NFL owner in the NFL at like a billion dollars. But now he is not anymore because the Waltons, who now own the Denver Broncos, they're like richer than him by $20 billion. So what that means is, is now you have a family that can literally throw as much money possible as they want to any head coach that they want, and they're going to be able to justify paying him that money. So in my opinion, if you're David Tepper, you now have to be more aggressive than you ever had before. So you mean I, like an eight-year, $64 million deal? Wait, wait, wait until we start paying Jim Harbaugh. It's going to be the Gruden 20, money. 20 plus exactly million right, dollars yeah. a year. Gruden and then, money, and, right? you know, and then, then talk to me, right? There's a part of me that I understand what you're saying, but there's also a part of me that realizes that Jim Harbaugh right now, I know money talks. I don't know that money is his dividing. Fa- if he wants money, he just stays at Michigan. He's making so much money as it is. He doesn't need more money. He's coming back to the NFL for the ability to win a Super Bowl, right? And here's my question. Fair point. Yeah. Okay. Here's my question. Do you, as, what, as Jim he's Harbaugh, scared to win a college championship? Let's look at, well, yeah. <laughs> um, That's made, yeah. but the other part of it is what comes along with a lot more, like, what, what brings you a lot more, uh, I, I guess, legacy. And I think an NFL championship brings you more legacy than a college football championship. However, my point being is, the Broncos do not look appealing to any head coach right now. You've traded away as many assets as you possibly can as far as to get Russell Wilson. You've paid him a guaranteed contract that puts you in one of the worst salary cap situations moving forward you could ever possibly ask for. You've gotten rid of some of your best players on your defense. Um, and, and sure, there are some promising pieces to that team, but as a whole, 
you're not looking at a great scenario. Now flip the squ- uh, the switch. I'm not saying that the Panthers are the a favorite for him because you get Sam a, Darnold. The, you get well, um, you don't have a single quarterback under contract other than Matt Corral. Okay, YGM, and he's on a on a base on a very small uh, rookie contract. But here's my point. Um, we cannot use the legacy of him being a Carolina Panther as a winning point for him. Yeah, he's in the hall of England. he's on the hall ho- in the hall of honor for the Indianapolis Colts. Okay, so we're going to be fighting the Indianapolis Colts for for Jim Harbaugh, and you've got to ask yourself Ooh, who's wh- in the hall of honor. Jim Harbaugh is he for the yes. Colts? Yes, he is. I thought he did his mess with the Bears. Ooh, no, he's he's in the Hall of Honor with them. He didn't do shit with them, but for whatever reason, they put him in the Hall of Honor. Um, and uh, but that being said, my question to you guys on the panel, in, in your opinion, when you think about Jim Harbaugh, do you look at an appealing situation like when you look at the Colts and you look at the Panthers? There's a lot of similarities, but the Panthers, um, we're not going to fire our GM, right? Scott Fitter has done nothing wrong. If anything, he's done a lot of positive things for this team. Unfortunately, the Indianapolis Colts care very well could file fire their GM, which means that I think Jim Harp or uh, uh, Jim Ursay would be more than happy giving over full control over the roster to uh, Jim Harbaugh came to the Colts. Okay, we've already seen how he feels about former players with his hire of Jeff Saturday. Um, second is, do you think as Jim Harbaugh? It looks more appealing to go to Indianapolis Colts who've already had Super Bowls, right? Um, you're just going to be a list of winning Super Bowl uh, coaches. Or do you want to go to a franchise that has never won one and be the first guy to bring that home to Charlotte? Because I feel like legacy is going to be way more powerful to bring the first Super Bowl to a team that has yet to see one. In my opinion, or the Lombardi to a team that has yet to see one. I'm hoping... But at the same time, I don't know. I don't know what's going to be talking to, to Jim Harbaugh. What are your opinions? The one thing I wanted to mention, the, the talk about Harbaugh and some people who are kind of trying to find ways, like just saying they wouldn't want him in Carolina, they don't think it would work, is because of rules, full control over the roster clause stuff and, and like how much control they had and Tepper – being wary of giving that and they're also supposing or presupposing that Harbaugh would want full control of everything and that's kind of how his personality leads what's interesting to me about this conversation though is I don't think that I think that in some ways Carolina is a, a perfect place suited for a co- for a coach in that role because I think Scott Fitter is ultimately a wet noodle at the position a bitter a guy who will do what is told and not, and I don't want to be like overly rude to him is like, we've already showed that he can work within that role as a GM as like, he doesn't have to come in there and make it. So like he has to, it's not his power grab. So he actually could be a GM that would fit working with a coach like that. The bigger question mark for me is the concern is, is does David, can David Tepper work with a person like Jim Harbaugh? Sure. And one of the things is I wonder if what was appealing to Matt Rule was that he stroked Tepper's ego. He slobbed his knob ultimately in whatever way was necessary. And Will Harbaugh, who has like is, you know, will Tepper allow an alpha in the room with him? I think Tepper's the point that wins. 
speak volumes. Like right, he, right. Like he's ready wins. to put his ego away. He'll at submit this the wins. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Well, that yeah, too. I mean, you got to keep in mind he's he grew up in Pittsburgh with with like I mean these guys. I mean people talk to each other the way that Jim Harbaugh would talk to David Tepper. Like you're not taught. Like people aren't going up to you like, oh man, a hey, great day today. You're like you're 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 telling people how you really feel, and it's not okay. offensive to people uh, in in those types of. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what you want to call the Pittsburgh, but like those types of of cities where they they value honesty, right? And so I think that that's gonna. I don't think that that's gonna be a problem, in my opinion. So I want to ask you guys if you think this is true, and then after that, we'll uh, after this we'll get to a few super chats and a brand new super fan. But um, I have some issues with this. Now, shout out to Will Conkle from Fox because he's been the guy that's broke. He was the guy that originally oh, yeah. that originally reported all of it. And one of his tweets says, Jim Harbaugh has made it known he's sincere in his interest in the Panthers' head coaching job. He likes the roster and loves the opportunity as well. And I want to pinpoint on that in a second, too. But it goes on to say the Broncos' job is not as attractive to Harbaugh because of Herbert and Mahomes in the same division up until fair. that point because what, co- what yeah. coach is going to come out and admit well nah I don't want to play in that division because the competition and the quarterbacks are really good over there like is this saying that if you're a quarterback that's worth your weight and salt you're not going to come out and to people that oh well you know I'm, I, I don't want to play against those quarterbacks because you don't know what you know who could be the quarterback for the Falcons or the Saints in the next couple of years. Oh, stop! No, no. You just simply don't know. You simply really? don't know. My point is, my point is that if if he just said, "Nah, I don't want to play Herbert and Mahomes twice a year," then it's like to 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 me that kind of seems a little bit more like a subtle way of saying, and we can just, that I don't want any part of having to turn around. Russell Wilson and be the thing that determines if Russell Wilson is going to be successful in Denver or not. I think what you got to bring up is what, yeah, well, I think there is this is first of all, this is a tweet and, uh, and kind of probably a source of a source type thing, relay of a relay. And it's probably, I mean, I'm not saying that it's, uh, it's not, I'm not a question of credibility, but you're, condensing what is probably a more nuanced conversation into three sentences, two, three sentences. Right. And so at the same time as, yeah, you could say this is like, you could say, well, like what, like what CK was saying is that this, at the end of the day, not only are you going into a division where you're got powerhouses, right. Mm -hmm. Teams that have been building for this, this moment, it's not even a referendum on Russell Wilson, but like what CK said, all the picks you gave for him, the problems, like, like there's a lot of other yeah. parts of the team, even if Russell yeah. Wilson turns out to be fine, say he can right. go in there and just poof, fix Russell Wilson. It doesn't matter. They still are going against teams in that division that are very well built. Yeah, right? So I-, I think that's just a recognition of that. And it's kind of like, this is like, if you had your choice of in, in your success, is based also on your competition. Like if we had to go play duos, whatever, and I got to choose the worst player to play against 
or the best player to play against and my money and my success was built on it. I'm going to pick the worst person. You're not going to try to go be the coach of the Jets, who are a terrible team, while Tom Brady is just winning Super Bowls every year. There's a reason sure. Tom right. Brady made the playoffs every year, not only mm-hmm. because he was very good, but his entire division was terrible. Mm-hmm. So well, I-, I wouldn't want to go. I mean, it's like that's like going into a game and saying, I'm going to play knives only. Is like he might as well. This is why the Panthers aren't the worst job in the league. Sure. Right. And and go ahead, Greg. I know you had something to say. Well, I was just going to say uh, both can be true. You know, Cody, what you're saying there, he he can, you know, be if, be not wanting to play the best, the best quarterbacks in the league, Herbert and, and Mahomes, two of the best quarterbacks in the league, and not wanting to turn around uh, Russell Wilson. So both can be true in this situation. And I think that he's – it doesn't say anything against him if you don't go again. It's the same reason you fight for the number one seed, the same reason you go for the pole position in racing. Like you want to put yourself in the best position to win. Yeah. So I, I think that that him if, if that is a reason that he didn't want to go there, there's nothing wrong with that being a reason. That's a legitimate reason for not sure. wanting to go play. And you I, don't want to play it's the reason why you don't trade within your vision. Right. Because you don't want to, have to play that guy unless you get to play him in the Super Bowl. Well, you wanna you know? also you want to create a culture of winning. Right. And so if you go to a division where you're starting to try to have to rebuild, you don't want to rebuild having these guys lose every get swept by these teams every single game. Right. For that first season, it Arkansas might be tough, playing right? Alabama. Right. Like, and we're so, trying to make Vanderbilt good against. Oh, but they got to play right. Alabama every year. And a lot of people are saying, so Sam Darnold looks more appealing than Russell Wilson. And I'm like, you know, here's the thing. Sam Darnold's not under contract next year. First and foremost. Second, um, he might find Sam Darnold to be appealing because guess what? was uh, considered a bust when he took over the job of the 49ers. Alex Smith, he resurred, he, he yeah. turned Alex Smith's career around. Yeah, he did. And, and so they went, he went on to be a great quarterback for them. And the only reason Kaepernick took over was because Alex Smith got injured. Perfect. So when you yeah. look at that, and the thing that I love about that is he went from a, a guy who was not a mobile quarterback in the same season, and he was able to change the offense around two different playing styles for two separate quarterbacks, mm-hmm. like you've got to take, you got to yeah. take that into consideration. The dude isn't just a, a a coach that's going to be one 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 hit pony, if you will. He's not yeah, going to have no. one trick pony. I mean, he's going to be able to come in here and he's going to be able to be uh, very flexible in how he approaches things. He might really like Matt Corral and what he can do. We don't know, but or it, it, yeah, yeah, or maybe he just actually is go back to the money two things the money thing i want to highlight this one comment is michael igwe uh, and i probably just destroyed it the way that's pronounced uh he said harbaugh was first his first season was 13 and 3 on top of that you add that 13 and 3 they were 6 and 10 the year before and alex smith was considered to be a bust to be a bust right is like the the 49ers have been a perpetual loser so not only was he 13 and 3 they've been perpetual losers in such a way and even a coach that we like kind of like a I won't say like Willis but Mike Singletary the 85 Bears guy the Ron Rivera, you know player like a head of better than Ron Rivera also remember he was the one that dropped trails after a loss he dropped his or maybe it was before game. I think it was after a loss. He dropped his pants and showed his, you know what, to the team and said that we better own up and show our, <laughs> like he was, <laughs> like that. What a good. This is his rah rah speech. Yeah, I love that. Uh, you know what? I like. I, fuck, I fucks with Mike Singletary, but like Harbaugh, 
his success is not just 13 and three. It's 13, three after a team that was a perpetual loser. Right. So, and then, Oh, the one other thing I want to talk about was real quick with the money. And then we got to move on or we got to move on to some other angle of it. I don't, uh, CK, you're right. Is that, you know, what is Tepper is not the richest anymore. Who said it? Was it CK or you that said it? Uh, uh, Cody. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I don't think that really matters. Is that I think that these guys are all rich enough to ultimately pay this guy what is required to get him. And so I don't think like, you know, is that there's some point where like if Tepper wanted to buy a car at an auction and this guy was in the room for the car and he really wanted it, he could get it. It doesn't matter if the other guy's worth ten billion more dollars. There's going to be a point where the Denver team just says, "You know what? We're not going to." I think they're rich enough to where money is not the issue. Both of them. Yeah, maybe uh, he's definitely going to have to break out his pocketbook. Sure, sure, and, it ain't going to be and, cheap. But and, you know what? That's the yeah. other, that when you're yeah, super rich. Here, here's the other thing: is that we also know you're super rich. Yeah, it's not that's our the money. other good thing about negotiating with. Yeah. David Tepper is that you know he's rich enough you like that you could get it yeah and you know we're just the basement dwellers you know so why do we care that it's David Tepper spending his money like if he goes out and he has to spend way extra to in order to get his uh his uh his coach then hey man he, he needs to do it uh, Let's just I put it this way: out. If we went to di- dinner with David Tepper, though, and oh, yeah. it, and he and we went to dinner with him, and we knew that he was going to pay the tab, like because he had to, because like we don't have any money, and he's a fucking billionaire, so he's got to pay the tab, right? It's like, right. like it would be a dickhead move if he didn't. <clears throat> but you know, we're going to be adding the shrimp. That's what I'm going to be. I'm going to like let me get another. I'll take, oh, oh, app, I'll take another Apple double. I'll take another double. Another double. I'm a drink. Hey, bring the, bring the whole bottle of wine to butter. the table. Yeah, yeah, it's like, and you know what? Is that uh, I'm going to look crass. I'm going to look uh, unrefined for it. And he's going to be like, oh, I'm never going to go to dinner with this guy again. And, you know, I, and I was like, oh, you're never going to go to dinner with me anyway. Again, don't worry. That's what you get when you're you get the more juice for the squeeze when you're with a billionaire yeah. like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like I just went and watched that glass onion movie. They're all we're all, you know, we would be That's milking that golden tit. Yeah. We would be milking that golden uh, tit. So and you know what? Oh, is yeah. I, I expect them to fully milk it when it comes. I don't care who it is, they're gonna get paid. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh real quick, I want to make sure we do our due diligence. Uh, God of Blackness with another $5. Shout out to God of Blackness. He's already at over $20 tonight. He says, I'm trying to get Colorado versus Nebraska. Coach Prime versus Coach Rule next season. I'm sure we'll all be interested to to see how that goes. And then CK, it's been a minute, but your services are needed because we got a brand new super fan, baby. Ooh. Well, well, well. Let me warm up the pipes. Promise QS Panda has hit that subscribe and the join button. He said, I want to support the C3 Panthers, and I'm going to join the C3 Superfan Club. Well, welcome into the club, my friend. 
Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. So listen, we're not done with this Jim Harbaugh conversation, uh, but Bat Daddy is. He needs to rest that back. Uh, Bat Daddy, people have been asking about you for the past, you know, two weeks that you haven't been here, man. You've, uh, your fans have missed you, man. We're happy to have you back. But um, yeah, you want to say anything for you for you to jump out of here? Yeah, man, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, sorry, I'm uh, recovering surgery. This is the longest I've sat up in quite a while, and I'm kind of starting to feel it, so I kind of need to go take a rest. No problem, um, man. But uh, I do really do appreciate it, man. And, you know, this week was a gut punch. Football season's over. It's time to start looking to the draft and to forward to everything else and coaches and all that good stuff. So I'm interested to talk about all this stuff with you all in the future. And uh, we're going to keep pounding because we're Panthers fans. what we do. So. That's it. Keep yep. pounding. Well, Grand rest it, up, man. Yeah, happy to have you back, and we will be seeing you again uh, next post game show. Yeah, definitely next week. Oh yeah, Sunday. Get well, Greg. Y'all keep pounding. Keep pounding. Uh, later, brother. All right. So you know we've already been talking about this, and like I said, we're not done. Um, let's really delve into this. We kind of already started to do it already. But let's say that the Panthers do have their eyes set on Jim Harbaugh and Jim Harbaugh being the big name that he is gets the pick of whatever team that he wants to go to compare the Panthers situation to some of the other vacancies and the openings that we're going to end up having down the road. Uh, But hey, damn, before we do, Michael Davis with the $35 love bomb. Michael, you are the man, brother. You know we love you, man. This is another one of the patron saints of the C3 podcast. No message, just dropping the love bomb. Uh, Hey, we appreciate you, Michael. You are certified the man. But, boys, I just kind of want to go through the ins and outs of how the Carolina Panthers stack up as a landing. Uh, When you compare him with all these other teams. And right now I have the Broncos and the Colts on screen with this picture. But this applies to any other team that you think uh, could end up being, uh, you know, hiring a new coach at the end of the season. How do the Carolina Panthers stack up? Uh, who wants to jump in on this first? I have a very strong opinion, but I'm, I'm going to let one of you boys jump in on this first. I, I'll tell you this. I mean, I asked the question earlier about uh, how we stack up against these uh, these other two. Um, I think the Broncos are not even on the board. In my opinion, like I just I think there's too much, uh, you know, unknowns about that organization. They've already had a history of 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 Super Bowls. And and I just don't know that he wants to go to a place where he gets lost in the uh, in the list of Super Bowl winning head coaches there. Right. Um, Second, I want to talk about the Colts. I think the Colts are our biggest competitor. Um, However, I think that could change as. Uh, the season comes to an end because you know there's going to be other coaches fired. Um, mainly, I think there's a real possibility after what happened in uh, Washington that Ron Rivera is no longer on the board there. And so Washington could be another uh, candidate place for him. I don't think that that's more appealing than us, but I think there's going to be some people out there that might be trying to make it run at Jim. Um, however, I think the Colts are their biggest competitor because of the history he has with the Colts. Um, the fact that Jim Harbaugh will be more than willing to give him complete control of the roster. Um, and uh, I think they have a couple of key pieces that they uh, that, that Jim Harbaugh is going to be able to look at and see, uh, you know, some future with. 
Um, their O-line needs some help. They have some some pieces missing, but um, I think that that could be appealing. However, the Panthers, uh, you got to keep in mind, I think when you look at the Colts and the Panthers, the Colts are where the Panthers were um, I mean, maybe last year after we, uh, midway through the season after we picked up the fifth-year option for uh, Sam, um, where we felt like there was no hope. We would have not been appealing whatsoever. Um, now, if if you look at uh, the the Colts, they are beholden to Matt Ryan, uh, for better or for worse. He's got he's getting paid. Um, they're going to have a lot of free agents coming up. They've got to pay, um, and uh, I think that there's they're in a, a bit of a, a tough spot right now, um, especially uh, with the way that they've handled uh, Carson Wentz and uh, and now obviously Matt Ryan. Um, but I say, I, just, I, I look at that list and I think the Panthers have to be on top. So, all right. This is, you want, you want to go first, Tony? No, why don't you go? You come up. You go. Yeah. All right. So, I think the Panthers are easily the number one team on this list. And it's not just being a homerism thing. One, we look at the division and we damn near won the division this year at, you know, what, we're six and 10 right now. Like this division was wide open for the Carolina Panthers to come and compete. And we do have really good players on the football team, which is why Steve uh Scott Fitterer didn't trade away Brian Burns, didn't trade away DJ Moore. There is a young, strong nucleus to this football team that would be very attractive for Harbaugh to come into. More importantly, the media market, I'm in you know, these aren't necessarily big markets that we're talking about. I mean, Denver is fairly big, I guess. Indianapolis Colts, because they have a history and they've won Super Bowls, maybe that makes them, you know, a, a tougher media market to contend with. But think of it this way. If you're Jim Harbaugh, you're not coming into the hardest division in the NFL, and you're going that has been an underdog forever you could be considered the guy that puts the Carolina Panthers over the edge. And I think that's an opportunity that would be hard for him to pass up, you know, especially looking at what his brother has done for the Ravens and how good they've been. There is no reason why Harbaugh couldn't do that exact same thing for the Carolina Panthers. Um, yeah. More importantly, when you look at Denver, yes, if their owners want to sign him a crazy check to come to Denver, yeah, they're going to have the you know, the power and the ability to do that. But I, I mentioned this earlier. If he goes to Denver, now the main narrative is can Jim Harbaugh resuscitate the career of Russell Wilson? Can he turn Which, him that's around? Easy. And that's turn him? easy. That's not. You don't know that. You don't know that. How do we know that Russell Wilson isn't ruined forever? It's impossible that, for him to be that cooked overnight. I Dude, don't know. I am. Hey, when you hear the when you hear the rumors, that's what people of what said Russell about Tom Wilson, Brady two weeks ago, and then look at what he did. But Tony, you've got to keep in mind what the difference is here, right? Jim Harbaugh is the guy. I want it done my way, right? This is going to be my way or no way, right? And Russell Wilson left the Seahawks because he didn't, he wanted to be the leader of everything. He wanted to be the guy who was calling the offense. He wanted to be the guy who was let Russ cook. 
He's got his own office, like for he- for, for heaven's sakes, dude. Like the dude is like yeah. clearly a a diva, and I I know that's that's a normally reserved for people who are acting like that on the field. But when you hear the reports of what teammates feel about him, not his current ones, but previous ones, like it's clear. I mean, th- I do not think Jim Harbaugh and Russell Wilson go together at all. That seems like I think the draft two picks opposite that ends of the spectrum. I think the lost draft picks and the rest of the problems with the team are more of a challenge in Denver than trying I think to find a way. Like I, if I was going to say, what's the heart? Like the, if I bet on one thing or the other, I, I, I got to see one more year of Russell Wilson looking like this before I say it's just cooked, but it's been bad. I know that. But at the same time is that you're so many assets they gave up yeah. for him. You know, that's the problem for going. And they there. got right. some back with Here, Bradley. I got it. I got to take on this question and then we got to do some prize picks. We got so much show to do. We've had too much good conversation <laughs> here tonight. All right, let's talk about this is if Jim Harbaugh has his pick of the litter, what is the, the prime landing spot for him? And I'm going to tell you, this is both of them are in the South. Both of the prime spots. I'm not ready to go just as confidently as Cody and CK have about the Panthers being the number one, the the idealist of ideal uh, destinations. But if we look at this, is this, is here. Let's just try to figure out what teams are going to need a coach or could need a coach. The commanders potentially could fire Ron Rivera, right? right? So the NFC, but that right now you look at where the Eagles are at. You look at how the Cowboys are like, this is a strong division. So they if you're just looking at Right. So it's like, is that while they need a, they couldn't have a coach, it might not be the easiest place to walk into. You look at the NFC West, the Cardinals could need a mm. coach. Rams but here's, maybe if Sean McVay quits. Right. Oh, well, that's a good point. I, I think one thing though is this is I don't think it's the challenge only that is important to consider is that does Jim Harbaugh want the headache of the narrative of playing the 49ers twice a year, right? Does that come with just extra, you know what I'm saying? Like if he didn't have to play the 49 and be in their same division, it's just another storyline. It's just something else. It's not even about the level of competition. It's just, that could be just an annoying distraction in some ways. You look at this is that nobody's going to need a coach here. The bears maybe. I don't know. Is they just hired the guy? I know, but I mean, you look what happened down in uh, the Broncos, right? I mean, the 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 Bears have. But they been... haven't. They don't even have a good team, though. All right, right, maybe okay, but all right. So maybe the Bears, but all right. So I'll say I don't. I wouldn't think. I would be surprised if they fired their coach a little bit. Well, I if, be this, if, if there's I a Jim, shocked, but if, I would be surprised. You, the connection with Jim Harbaugh and the Bears, first and foremost, you got to keep in mind too. That's good. Second, cool. if if the Bears see Jim Harbaugh on the board as an option. I mean, that's not the worst. It's a good point. Now that you put it like that. Uh, All right. So we've talked about the interest of the Panthers, like how this could be is that you have a Tom Brady on the way out. You have saints in question. Saints might need a coach. Dennis Allen is basically uh, maybe saved his job with that last win. A lot of people think, but here, if you flip over to the AFC, here's the thing is this. You don't want none of this? No, no none of them are going to be yeah. hired. Nope. You don't want none of that? 
then you get we've already talked about the Broncos ad nauseum, right? With not only the it's not the division, but it's the the picks and all of that. None of those people are none fired. of those. You don't want that, but guess where? The I Colts. Think that, no. You think the I Titans? think that I think you get that? Yeah, I think the Texans, bro. Mm, if I maybe. was Harbaugh, I think my top three spots are. Ooh, this. that's actually a really good point. The Texans, uh, and I don't say the number one. I'm not saying the number one. I think these are the top three. You can put them in any order you want, mm. right? What I would be the, the what Houston would be the reason? Texans. I think the Houston Texans are going to have a high pick and get a quarterback that you want, and are in much better financial shape, and all of that from the Deshaun Watson stuff. Nick Casario, all of this. Draft I think picks. they're just more pri- is primed to turn around. It's like, hey, they're just you in can, better financial shape. You can rebuild the, the shit out of that team right now. Correct. The Colts are in a losing model. So I think this is that I just think this is like if I, I know it sounds funky to say that you want to be the Texans coach over anybody. But they're really is in the, the ideal spot. It's the Colts who are the fucking mess out of those two at that point. And then here is this, is I think the Panthers, like we've talked about, and I think, like CK said, the Bears. Those are the three. The three spots. I don't know if you want to put them in what order. I just don't think the Cardinals are up there. I would I would still say that the Bears, I would put Bears ahead of Houston. And I hear what you're wow. saying. No, I don't, I would, I'm not I even would, putting them ahead of each other. I think those three right there, the what's the thing that determines what you want more? And it's just money. Right. Yeah, and I mean, more, if you're if you're going to the Houston Texans, like, uh, I think that they're in the AFC. That's the only negative. The only negative yeah, about the Texans the, is it, you just have the, to get through the AFC. But if you, but if you are already mad about my man, about not wanting to take on a court like he didn't want to fight Denver versus uh Kansas City twice he had the Chargers I mean like you can't say like I mean he's like he can't be like oh I'm not gonna take the Houston job because it's in the AFC that would be some pussy ass shit well here's too. here's the question I have like I want to look at the history of Jim Harbaugh and the history is he took over the 49ers job they had a lot of good pieces in place they weren't a good team but they had a, a lot of good pieces um, I don't know that he wants to go to a full-on rebuild to a place. I think he would like to have some established leaders on a team. At least I would if I'm a coach of a team. I don't want to go to a place that's completely what just What team hopeless. has that, though? The Panthers. Who has that? Yeah, yeah how? that's what Who? I would say. What do we got? The, 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 the Panthers. Brian Burns, but they, but if Brown, you compare the Derek? Panthers to the Houston Texans, wow. we have a far more loaded roster than them. And if you're Jim Harbaugh and you go to Houston – is None that of those true? players are guaranteed to turn around right now, as opposed to some of the guys that we already have, that already have experience, that have proven themselves to be big-time players and that might need a few other pieces around them. And if you don't think that he's... He, don't he's, they have three first-round picks that they got for Deshaun Watson sure. or some shit? But like here's, here's the thing. you If you're Jim Harbaugh, do you not take pride in the fact that you've never had a losing oh, season gosh. in the NFL? Guess who the first person on the Houston Texans roster is? Tell us. At, it's, uh, it is alphabetical Mario Addison. <laughs> uh, so, six degrees of separation. I mean, the right. very... It's, it's, uh, all right, so. but, but nonetheless... Oh, Kyle is, Allen plays for them, too. 
Yeah. So, but nonetheless, with regard to the, the, the Texans, you're going there, you're going to lose the first year. Like you're, you're talking about re- yeah. just tearing that roster out and rebuilding Carolina it. The first right. Year either. No, yes, you could look what they did this, this year. They have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL currently. Um, and a good roster, but and it did that with San Fran. What's the difference between the San Fran roster they when turned around over, yeah. and the Panthers roster? Like you have a pass rusher, you have a number. They one had a defense, receiver. I think. Like, I think they and had they were defense, talking about man. them turning around, Alex. Alex, uh, they got Alex nobody Smith. on this team, dude. I could easily see him taking two very physically talented guys like Sam Darnold or Matt Corral. And saying, yeah, let's continue to build around these guys, do what they do best. And if they don't work out this season, then if, hey, if anything, next year's, I know this is so cliche, but next year's quarterback class, those guys have a lot more upside, in my opinion, than the guys coming out this oh, year. But okay. hey, but even, but even, even disregarding that, even if he came here and decided that he wanted to draft him this year, be it C.J. Stroud, uh, I saw why big Jordan in the chat already talking about Anthony Richardson, uh, you know, who went to Florida. If if he wanted to upgrade the quarterback position, he could absolutely do that. Uh, I mean, he All could right. do that. So you know what? I'm gonna get. I'm I'm gonna concede to you guys on this is that the Texans can't be the number one option. No, they can't be the number one, but I do think they're in that top three. I told you I didn't rank them. I just put three as these are, I think, the most possible plausible, but they really fall down when you look at their roster and shame on Nick Casario. Right. Shame on Nick Casario, who we thought everybody look at somebody I was interested in coming to Carolina. It's like coming out of the Belichick, you know what I'm saying? Anything that comes out of New England that's not Belichick is not good. But to be fair with Nick Casario, like he's he had when you had the situation with Deshaun, um, you you're not going to attract any free agents that are of high quality to the Texans right no, now. No, I don't care about free agents. This team is old. Hey, tell me one name right. on this team. Tell me a name that you recognize. I mean, Mario Addison, Pallet, right, right. Let's go. All right, Elite Collins. 27 years old, defensive lineman. Okay. Brandon 27 year old. Brandon Cooks. Yeah, but he's been in the league. Yeah, but he's been in the league. Like you're not gonna be here next year. He are Philip Dorsett done nothing in this league. They were gonna trade them. Like, yeah, I know. Tell me, like, I mean, I'm just gonna keep I mean, I'm not gonna go through every name, but like OJ Howard bum. Like tell me, and you're in the the AFC. That's too much to turn around. That's I don't even know one. And look at the ages. Look at this roster. Look at how old this roster is. Right, they're not even no names. Like they're names that I don't know. But like these guys are old names. I don't know. Good God, the roster. Yeah, poor Lovey Smith. Poor Lovey Smith. The the. Our biggest competitors are the Denver Broncos. I don't think I disagree. I think it's the Colts hands down. Yeah, but again, the 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 reason why I would say the Broncos is because okay, forget such a good whether you can turn it out Russell Wilson though. or not. The Indianapolis Colts have no answer at quarterback. You're going to tell me that Jim Harbaugh thinks that Matt Ryan 
is still going to be able to do something at a what high level. What about Jim like, Harbaugh and Justin they're gonna, Fields, they're gonna bro? Have to, they're they're going to have to do something uh, with you know with the Colts quarterback position. So I'm not. I I wouldn't. To me, if you you believe that you probably could turn around Russell Wilson for the better. The thing that gives you pause is that if you don't, they are missing a lot of draft picks, and you know it would be very hard to move on. Let's say Russell Wilson lays another egg next year; it's going to be damn near impossible to move on from him because CK they're paying so much me. money. CK has convinced me that Chicago is the destination. I mean, that's Justin if they decide Fields, to move on from their coach, right? Justin and Fields, though, you know what I'm saying? Like all of that is like, hey. He could do that's, it. That's the part that I, I, I that's the argument. But it, because there's not an open position just yet, and they, it's a first year head coach, I have a hard time saying that's the way that it's going to go. I don't know. But they you are, taught me into it, dude. They, but the, like I said, if Jim Harbaugh has interest, I mean, that, that could be a scenario that you see uh, the Chicago Bears say, you know what? Let's go ahead and move on and go after this guy. Went but the part, the, the, the part that I, the argument that I have against the, the Broncos is the, the same argument we've had is the, you're going into one of the worst situations possible as a coach, right? You're going into a decimated culture there in the, in the Broncos uh, organization. Um, And on top of that, when you think about the Colts, um, you, you, Matt Ryan may be a part of it. Sure. Right. But he's not guaranteed to be the quarterback. You're picking higher than we are right now as a Colt at the Colts, you know? So that means they're going to have a better opportunity at one of these young quarterbacks uh, in the draft. They're probably going to go after one of those young quarterbacks in the draft. Uh, and they're going to be they're going to be uh, tired of the same uh, dance that we've been on this last three years too of trying to go after a, a quarterback that hasn't worked out and paying too much for it. They've just been in worse situation for doing it. Um, so I think that uh, the the Colts are certainly a, the bigger contender compared to the three people that actually have the open vacancies. So one last thing to the Broncos conversation, and this is from Panther Pick. Or shout out to him. This is about the connection between Jim Harbaugh and Denver. Uh, they also share a Stanford connection. Broncos CEO Greg Palmer and his wife, co-owner Carrie Walton Penner, both attended graduate school at Stanford. Limited shareholder Condoleezza Rice, who is a part of Denver's search committee, also has deep ties to Stanford, where Harbaugh coached from 2007 to 2010. Rice uh, Rice recently helped Stanford conduct conduct its search for a longtime coach uh, for longtime coach David Charles replacement. Pinner has also noted in his media address last month that following the firing of Nathaniel Hackett, that he was looking for CEO type qualities in the team's next head coach, who will reportedly who will report directly to Pinner. That would be a box checked by Harbaugh, who has spent the past 19 seasons as a head coach at the college or pro level. So again, with all of those things, our legitimate contenders, in my opinion, is going to be between us and the Denver Broncos. And even in spite of all of those things, I think the the Panthers are number one when you're comparing them to the Broncos. I think we have a better climate. It feels better in Charlotte than it does in Denver. You're in a media market that's not as strenuous. You have options at the quarterback position. If we decided to bring Sam Donald back on a cheap deal 
or run with Matt Corral, or if they wanted to draft a guy like Will Levis or Stroud or Anthony Richardson and bring them in for a little while and let them either compete to be the quarterback or just give them the reins, however you decide to do it. I just think that the overall overall scenario that the Panthers provides is just more enticing than Denver. And the final thing that I'll say is I think David Tepper factors into this. David Tepper has proven at every stop that there is no length that he isn't willing to go to in order to get what he wants to make this team be successful in the future. That's why I said if it's Jim Harbaugh, prepare to see the the Panthers sign uh, Jim Harbaugh a $20 million a year contract. I'd be fine with it. I wouldn't give a damn. Oh, yeah, it's not our money. Why would we care? Go back and check the tape, folks. Count my receipts. I told you this was the name that would be the only one that could overcome the story, the the feel-good story that is Steve Wilkes. And I still am not going to even say that I don't want Steve Wilkes. I can just understand and see a world where this could happen. I want to remind everybody that the C3 Panthers podcast is sponsored by Prize picks, and I got to say this, is that the conversation has been prized tonight. We have been on fire for two hours before we even did this segment, which is incredible. But we still have a ton of people watching, which is perfect time for you to make some money playing daily fantasy football sports. It's legal in 30 states, over 30 states in the United States, including North and South Carolina. If you use the promo code C three and c3 and you go to prize picks you can download the app you can go to the website and uh you go there and you deposit a hundred dollars up to a hundred dollar first time 100 percent deposit bonus match so you put a hundred dollars in using that promo code c3 they will spot you a hundred dollars on top of that Put in $50 your first time using that promo code C3, and you get $50 to play with prize picks. And I tell you, I don't even care if they're a sponsor or not. I love prize picks. I need to put it up here. I don't know how to control this as good as Cody does at this point. Let's take uh, one of the things is this. Boy, We've been playing some prize picks. I've been playing some prize picks. People, my bastard son has been raking in some dough playing prize picks. And what you do is you go to prize picks. And we look, I would usually we do this on the C3 Panthers podcast. We try to forecast the upcoming game um, using the prize picks uh, projections uh, to give us some insight and some talking points. But here's the thing. If you type in the Panthers right now, you type in the Saints, there's zero projections right now. Not only have we not been interested in this game, Prize Picks is disinterested in this game. The entire betting community is probably uncertain, and this is not betting. This We're is irrelevant. Or, you know what, is you probably, if they're probably sitting here going, I wish we could put a prize pick on Jim Harbaugh versus Steve Wilkes, that would be a more interesting pick than what Sam Darnold is going to do in an unknown game in an unknown circumstance next week. But uh, so we're going to look around real quick and make a prize pick tonight. I learned my lesson last week, guys. 
I picked Christian McCaffrey and the less than I said, this is, I just thought, man, uh, I don't know why I was, Oh, I was like, Oh, it was 70 rushing yards last week was his number. And I think it was against, I, I thought, man, they're probably going to dump it off to him a lot. They're going to probably, I mean, I just felt like this was one of those games where the number was a little high. I learned my lesson. So they had like 70 yards in the first quarter. They're going against Arizona right now. Can I can I offer you a a, a slight concern Lock. on that front? Um, they're only fighting right now for the number one seed in the NFC. I know that's the only. Here's the the caveat: the only way they get it is if the Eagles lose to the Giants this week. Herb, or, uh, from my understanding, um, Jalen Hurts is going to be playing. My understanding, my understanding is the Giants are going to be sitting their starters because they've made it to the dance and they have nothing else to fight for. They've made it to the playoffs and there's no benefit to winning that game for them. All um, right. Well, uh, that, you know what? That was enough to tell me. So they might rest Christian McCaffrey. Right. And that's what got me last week when I had some interest in your boy Trevor Lawrence against Houston, but they got out to such a big lead so quick. They just benched them. Oh, but dude, you know what? Travis Etienne, let me but tell they you, have something to play for right this there. week. What, what CK they, they was do. saying, they have something to play this week. I think this is an easy number right here. It, it Travis is, Etienne, and, 60 and a half yards. Let me tell you something. down more. Travis Etienne this year, believe it or not, call me a Clemson homer all you want. And you're damn right I am. Travis Etienne right now is one of the best home run hitters in all of football. And Tony, you should know you've had him in fantasy. All I picked year. him in every like, league I had, bro. And I, dude, I put a dude, big game. I got a lot. Of, I always do this. I pick some things, and he's the one of the be- the one of the plays, one of the entries yeah. that I put in this year that has panned out. Every single one of my fantasy football leagues I have made, and he's even when he w- peaked. I thought he had peaked like six weeks ago, but he didn't. Oh. That's the thing is he's got this. He's had this second burst right now, which is getting hot. That makes a special season. So right now, Tony, what have you, you have. Like, I've watched have you it. watched him this season? Yeah, I've watched him. Dude, I've he's him. like, dude, he's like, he's like Alvin Kamara with the rocket booster strapped to his back. Dude, he's not that fast in comparison to Alvin Kamara. You forget how fast Alvin Kamara was his first couple years. He is so much faster than Alvin Kamara. It's not even close. Alvin Kamara maybe has better contact balance, but, dude, I'm telling you, he does not have the breakaway speed that Travis Etienne does. All right, so uh, let's see this. I feel like the Browns want to win. Yeah. And the Browns want to win. They were, they're trying to save face right now. And dude, let me tell you, people don't want to hear this. You might not like him as a guy, but Deshaun Watson, the more he gets used to that offense, the more he knocks off the rust. Deshaun has been playing better and better. Uh, hey, did you did you guys see the internet got all pissed off at LeBron James because LeBron tweeted out like a tweet in support of Deshaun Watson, and that he's looking so much better. And dude, Twitter was just not having it, dude. Not uh, not liking him supporting supporting Deshaun. 
Uh, yeah, well, we can guess that. Gosh, I want one more play. I want one more play. I like this is good right here. I think this is a money play right here. We're gonna go with. Oh, this. what Pro- about what about Jared Stidham? Uh, less than two twenty-five passing yards. They're playing. The no, team. they're probably gonna have to throw the ball a bazil. Oh, oh, oh. What did he do last week? I tried to play the less than on him last week, and he fucking crushed it. He had three hundred sixty-five passing yards. Wow. <laughs> against the 49ers. Yeah, the yeah, 49ers. Yeah, yeah. I'm not interested yeah. in it. I tried that last week. Um, This one right here, I could see the Vikings bounce, trying to bounce back. I could see that one. Um, Dude, I, don't fuck with, I don't fuck with Kenny Pickett anymore. Um, Don't want another Baker Mayfield joint. I think this is my Q6. play right here. Q6 has Trevor Lawrence uh, over 240 versus Tennessee's poor secondary. Well, I already got Etienne there in that. Do you Take both of them. All right. Dude, I'm telling I mean, look, I'm telling you, the, the Jaguars right now. Look at this. Dude, they're, Four they're pays balling, 10 man. times your money. All right. Here we go. We're going all in, baby. Hey, hit that. This is hit it. That, hit that. Uh-oh. Make sure you use the promo code C3. Look at that. $20. If I hit these four prize picks, going to pay out $200 playing daily fantasy football sports. Cody, let's go on to the next part of the show. I'm going to take this down. Let's what do we got do left? It. Have we talked about everything? No, we got some other couple of things. And then we got to get these no. calls. Good Lord. We got some other things. Uh, yeah, then we definitely got to get to the calls. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, DJ Moore, um, you know, for five years here. With the well, welcome to the Panthers. club, DJ. Yeah. Welcome to the says, club. Um, I mean, we feel the same way. It's a feeling that I don't want. Uh, I don't want to keep getting used to. And I understand the man. Like, look, I, I feel so bad for DJ. I mean, yeah, I know he gets paid a lot, but that's not my point, man. I'm saying from a wide receiver position, he's such a good wide receiver that has had so many different quarterbacks over the course of, you know, a very short amount of time. It's it's hard not to feel bad for him, man, because you think what what were his numbers what would his stats and accolades looks like? Accolades looks like if he actually had a quarterback that was more consistent and that was able to consistently put the ball in his hands. I think it would be a much bigger name than he is. I'm still hopeful that that can happen to him. I'm happy that we didn't trade him, but um, yeah, man, you just hope that DJ Moore can eventually uh, get some good luck out of all of this. Absolutely. Yeah, well, we yep. wish we would get some good luck out of this too. Straight up, and I mean, to be fair, he has had some good luck here with Sam Darnold lately. Yeah, oh, actually, yeah, yeah. good segue. It's good segue. This game, segue. like uh, Chris Mortensen said, DJ's most impressive game is, and I don't know, is somebody with a uh, should prove me. I, I guess this is the internet loves to prove people wrong. So here, prove me wrong. This was DJ's career game this past week. Yes. Right, prove me wrong, internet. Maybe make me popular, but that's my take. Is DJ's career game this past week, and like you said, CK, there's a little chemistry there between Sam Darnold and him. Yeah, I mean, there's chemistry now, and 
uh, Sam, I mean, again, not to go back to the Harbaugh, I just think that that connection with, uh, with Sam Darnold and, and DJ Moore, I think is a, is an appealing one. Um, and, uh, if I'm DJ Moore, I see the resurgence of Sam Darnold as a positive one, uh, for what I want to do moving forward. So. Yeah. And I, 341 me, yards, Cody. When was the last yeah. time you saw a quarterback for the Carolina Panthers throw 341 yards and three? I, I know. Like, I mean, just look at that stat line. That feels like it's almost like this is a counterfeit. I feel like this is a counterfeit. Yeah, we're in the graphic. upside down. <laughs> yeah, we're in the upside down, man. We're in bizarro world. We're in mirror world. But look, this is why I, I've been I've been so. Uh, vehemently on Sam Donald's side. Because I think you have to, man. The one season that you're finally able to give him decent pass protection and a decent running game, on top of this, Sam Donald is the only quarterback that has played for the Carolina Panthers this year where the team failed to get the run going and Sam didn't fall apart. Baker Mayfield and P.J. Walker this year fell to shambles when the Carolina Panthers were not able to establish a rushing attack. So the fact that Sam Darnold has continuously elevated his performance week in and week out, that says something to me, man. And you have to give Sam Darnold credit for that. And I don't care who the next head coach is next year, be it Steve Wilkes or Harbaugh or whoever, man. If Sam Darnold is willing to come back on a discounted contract, I want Sam Donald to be a part of this team next year. If you and, don't I think, give him, and I think any coach would. If you don't give him that credit, you should be canceled. You should be fired, right. folks. You on better have that opinion. No, nah, it's Absolutely. like actually incredible. It's like what an incredible story. Like is again is, I think that. Sam Darnold, if he could somehow have a good season next year, I don't know if it's here or somewhere else. Like who I don't care where it's at. He should be comeback player of the year. Yeah. But you have to like give him some COVID leeway for these last six games or whatever. Because I think they're gonna be like, Oh no, you were all right those last six games. So you already kind of came back, so you can't come back. And all this three of is coming back from those- the depths of nothing, dude. If he comes yeah. back. I what mean, you're seeing, the, you're, you're seeing the talent on display that had him drafted number three overall. He could and, be a and, Phoenix and, rising. And we're, it's not like we're trying to just dismiss the bad year that Sam had last year. But what we're saying is the team is much better around him. And he's playing better because of that better team around him. More importantly, those three touchdowns that you're looking at right there, those were dimes. They were not easy. Yeah, they were I not, think that no, one that they over. Wrong. I think no. that one play and by all play three a of guy them. over. He came a little no. hard to that all one. Three, about. All three of those passes were beautiful passes that were on the money, and they were in a perfect spot. They were not routine throws that, you know, they asked Jimmy Garoppolo to do for the 49ers dinking and dunking downfield sam was putting the ball yeah, in, the air, in the air with the tight spiral and dude i think that you have to look at the physical talent that sam has available to him and say man you can understand why people 
all along the way were willing to take a bet on Sam Donald being a good quarterback. He was kind of shaken to start, but man, now that he has the beard, now that he has some things going in his direction, I think Sam has a lot more promise than we ever thought that he had. I hope he gets an opportunity. And now I'm not saying that I think that he's going to be the guy here. I do hope he gets a starting job somewhere. Um, And I only say that because the dude, like I, I said it after Sunday, when you talk about pressure, when you talk about, you can talk about having to play from behind. You can talk about uh, playing against really good defenses, all that stuff. There is no more pressure than what Sam Darnold felt knowing that this year was his prove it year. These, these games that he's been playing have been so important for his career and his ability to get a contract that's going to continue to allow him to play in the NFL, right? That is pressure. And the dude has showed up and the dude has been there. Um, and, and those, those throws ha- were impressive, right? They were on the money. Um, and, and I'm sure he'd like to have that interception back, but, uh, you know, when you look at what he was able to do, I mean, on those deep balls, I mean, if you want to, if you want to start talking about it, if you want to look at his entire, the past four games that he's played, how often he hits on the deep route, I would guarantee he's in the top 10, as far as like accuracy on the deep ball, just this past four games. If you compare to other teams. Um, again, do I mean, does that mean that he's the guy moving forward? I don't know. I just think that when you put him in the right situation, he was able to come out and prove some stuff. Um, I'm not right there. I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, G baby. I don't think I would like to have a QB on a rookie contract. We do have one on a rookie contract, by the way. Um, if you ask Cody, but I think that, uh, Sam Darnold isn't going to cost an arm and a leg. He isn't going to be, uh, somebody who's asking for top 10 money. Um, I think that I think that at this point in time, it's it's worth at least taking a flyer on the dude uh, while you develop another guy in the back end. For me, I just want to clarify that when I say comeback player of the year type stuff, I mean the narrative of Sam Donald. Yeah, I am not being and I am not enamored with his play just yet. Uh, I'm just not, I'm not going to say like that is like nothing he's done right now is going to make me be like, Oh, like, Oh, I'm going to change my mind completely about that. I'm just saying this is that if he can overcome that narrative and survive this Phoenix, the Phoenix that rose from the ashes while everybody else fell, Cody, let's go ahead and do some cat calls. I think, unless we got any more pressing business, good Lord, we have been um, jibber jabbering. Oh, the last and final thing. I know it's, uh, the last bit and then we ain't got nothing to nothing to take care of but the calls uh it yeah we we talked a little bit about the uh the detroit lions being really upset about the turf conditions uh when we played them here at bank of america stadium we said that they were being fined and uh shat thompson he was asked about this uh it was yesterday this is what Shaq had to say. To make a change. Uh, it's about my pay grade. Um, I hope you listen to his players, but it's about my pay grade. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Did the conditions improve at all during the game? During that game? Or- oh. they improve. Uh, it was the same way. Should have put a heater down or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? But it definitely was concrete on that. So it was but, frozen but turf. Like I feel like this is this is kind of a little bull like Shaq and them milking this story a little bit. 
I put a heater so. on it. Put a heater on it. So it was, it was frozen turf. It was 20 degrees outside. Of course it was frozen. Wouldn't grass feel like concrete at 20 degrees? Yeah, I but like I mean, listen. Something why, different. why is ours so markedly different from every other place? Like if our if our field conditions are so bad that our players are actively complaining right, about yeah. it, like I don't I do I don't want our players playing. Poor on Shaq got to talk for everybody. Concrete field. I mean, dude, he's been the leader of the locker room. He's one of, if not the most. I mean, him and JJ Jansen are the most tenured players on this on this team. So I mean, he's been a a, a leader since he's been here, and somebody has to speak out. Now you kind of joked. He's out the door next year, and yeah. maybe the, yeah, maybe the Panthers do try uh, try and move on from him. Uh, maybe try and trade him somewhere else. I know one thing. Uh, I I don't want the Panthers to play in a that is actively hurting them every time they get tackled. Is it, it's bullshit. And you know we were talking about we don't care if David Tepper pays whatever he has to pay to get Jim Harbaugh. Well, I also don't care that he needs to come out of his pocket a little more and make sure that the turf conditions in Bank of America Stadium aren't going to get his star players hurt year in and year out. I think it's bullshit, and David Tepper needs to fucking do something about it. I'll tell you one thing. uh, I've been hard on Shaq Thompson a lot on this podcast. Had such high expectations for him. But, you know, poor Shaq Thompson... He's the metaphorical black person. You ask what black people think person. And that is like the one black person in the room with a bunch of white people. And they're like, so what do y'all think about this? What do you think about cultural appropriation? What do you... And Shaq Thompson is the player that has had to speak for the players, for Matt Rule, for all of this. They asking him about the field. He is the guy that's got to... <laughs> I am telling he's like, I'm trying to answer your question for all of us, but I can't answer it for all of us. He's the he's voice the, of our team. But he's also going to be gone next year at the same time. So while he's the voice Maybe. of your team, he is the, Maybe. he's the spokesperson. He is in many ways. All right. So if he is the metaphorical black person of players, and what I mean by that is, the person that you have to re- speak for the entire group of people. So it's like if somebody said, I'm from, say if you said, I'm from Asia, and you're Chinese, and you'd be like, well, what do you think about Vietnamese, whatever? You're like, uh, you're like, hey, just, right? Well, you just say, like, yeah. I can't speak for all of Asia. You know, just because uh, Ron Rivera is the fixer. He's the fixer. He's the guy that you bring in. When all this, he's the Mr. Wolf that comes in and cleans up the brains and this and that. Ron Rivera had to deal with Greg Hardy. He had to deal with the scandal of the team going through sex scandal and being sold. And they just trotted him out there and he just had to answer all the questions. Then he goes to Washington, has to go through all of that mess with the, not only the Trent Williams to the, the Redskins logo to all of this. He is bit, he's the fixer. He's the guy that you got to put out there and he's got to take all of this. Shaq Thompson though, is really coming hard on this field thing this year, bro. Yeah. He is not let up. Hey, 
maybe you tackle on that concrete ass field. Maybe you maybe you might want to say something about it too. And yeah, and again, maybe he does feel like well, since he there may not be a chance that he's here next year. Maybe a that little gives premature. Him more of a we're reason. saying that. Maybe. We're saying that. That's a little. Pre- I know we go after it. I he mean, I'm saying, saying if, it. If, if 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 he maybe he feels like he is in the best position to say something about it because he knows that he doesn't have much at, at stake. You know, he's proven he his also was to a, the Carolina a, Panthers. He was a Matt Rule fan. Like, I don't know if I trust him at this point. Well, Matt, he was the only leadership that Matt Rule had to lean on. I know Matt Rule and he blamed Matt, Jack and Matt Rule for that, though. Okay, uh, is he just the guy that just is gonna? I don't know. You can't blame him for it. No, but because how okay. about this? Right. I mean, he, if he's the person that everyone on your team is looking to. It, that's true. It, it doesn't matter if it's Steve Wilkes or Matt Rule. So then Matt Rule pimped every- him out then. Matt Rule yeah. pimped him out then because he Matt Rule leaned on that connection a lot in his like oh I got the locker room I got this it, Shaq was always the guy he never said anything bad about yeah he's been a professional the entire time that he's been here a professional uh, my, all right okay I mean like no I mean really he's been like a true professional. The whole time that he's been here, he's not like been I unprofessional. Said, sure. If, if our look, if our turf is some of the worst in the NFL, yeah, I want some players with enough nuts to come out and say, "No, nah, this is bullshit." David Tepper has enough money to fix this problem, and he needs to, and he does absolutely need to do it. So, yeah, I commend Shaq Thompson okay. for for. Uh, for yeah. speaking up about it, but look, you've bold, heard us talk. bold in your last, uh, bold in your last uh, stint. Yeah, man. Listen, you you've heard us talk now for what almost uh, going yeah, on three man. hours. It's time to hear what the Panther fans have to say. Let's get into the cat calls. You can call in and leave a message at 252-228-5098. So, what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty. You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good, like a three and a four and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Uh, it's Corey calling in. Uh, Monday, want to talk about the game, man. Um, tough loss for real. Shit, shit sucks. And, um, you know, first thing I'll say is, uh, exactly what all the, you know, the, the tank, the, the, the quote unquote team tanking guys, like the, the guys who, who wanted us to tank, like exactly what they said or were afraid was going to happen did happen. But, you know, I'm not going to, you know, now that, we have a worse off draft pick. I still, I'm not, I'm not going to be in the boat to say that. I still enjoy watching the games. I still enjoy rooting for the team to win. Like, I don't want to ever feel like upset when my team wins. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, it, it's just not how I wanted to watch the games, how I want to feel watching the games. That's just me personally. Um, so, you know, say what I say. Um, and a lot of people, you know, put a lot of blame on, on, on Darnold and Wilkes. 
and you know, I'm not gonna lie, leaving um uh Mike Evans single cover the entire game, that's inexcusable. Can't lie to you. Um there were certain situations during the game that just kind of seemed to be mishandled. Um Mike Evans being the most obvious one. And, you know, as much as I hate to say, I don't know if Wilk is ready to be a head coach or even if he just is a head like and there's there's something to be said about being a leader of men and being somebody who can, you know, enforce your will and 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 enforce a culture. But also when we're talking about the schematics of football, does he leave a lot to be desired in that aspect? But for anybody, you know, blaming Sam or saying that uh, Josh Norman should have played more, cut cut it out. Like, please, bro. Josh Norman looked like my fucking uncle out there. No disrespect to the guy. You know, shout out to all the work he he, he put in the league, especially for the Panthers. But, like, he, my man, he like he's been drinking Bud Light for the last year. Like, he got to, like, stop it. What was he going to do against Mike Kim? Cut it out. Um, Sam Darnold, was he perfect? No. But this was for sure the best game he played for us. He put us in position to win. Yeah. Um, three plays, three plays beat us, and it's a, it's an embarrassing way to lose. Um, but you know we we're not a great team. Um, I would have liked to make the playoffs, but but now we can actually you know start <laughs> focusing talking about the draft. But I'm gonna reiterate and say I'm not mad that we didn't get a top five pick or top because I don't I think Stroud and, and Young are good. Um, but I don't think they're gonna break the world open just anything like that. But again, what beggars can't be choosers. Um, but shit, man. Oh no, good game. It's an entertaining game. Tough loss. Happy. Keep pounding though. Appreciate y'all. Keep pounding. Appreciate you, man. Great call. Um, I mean, yeah. Look, I mean, a lot of the stuff they brought up is what we're dealing with. You know, a lot of the quarterbacks in the draft. We don't know if they're world beaters or not. Um. Steve Wilkes is going to be an interesting thing going forward. He has so many defenders, you know, now. And, I mean, listen, I know we're talking about hardball all night, but I don't think any of us on this panel, correct me if I'm wrong, boys, none of us are going to be upset if Steve Wilkes is named the head coach next year. Like, give him a chance to show what he's got. I do agree with Tony, though. Don't just do it for a year and then fire him next year. You know, like, if you're going to give him a shot, give him that shot in full. And by the way, I posted a poll in the in the YouTube chat room a while ago now. Who the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers, Steve Wilkes or Jim Harbaugh? And Jim Harbaugh is winning with 69% of the vote. Nice. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. A lot of people are uh, enticed by this Jim Harbaugh news. All right, next call. What's up, guys? Chad down here in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, just calling to uh, chime in on the state of the, the Panthers at this point, not making the playoffs. Drafting most likely 8, 9, or 10. Locked in pretty good, I think. Maybe even locked into 9 at this point. But, uh you know, since I since about week two or three, I've been saying this kind of worst case scenario. We're we're at the back end of the top ten and um, did make the playoffs and have a quarterback. So I know that Darnold has graded out better recently, but we don't. He's not the quarterback that takes where we need to go. So um, 
At this point, we're looking at probably missing out on the top three quarterbacks at nine or ten, and I'm, I'm leaning towards, you know, hoping that we just take the best available at nine, get a get a stud player somewhere. Uh, I really like Quentin Johnson at wide receiver um, as potentially a, a franchise guy. But anyway, thoughts on that? Do you roll the dice at Anthony Richardson on Anthony Richardson at, at nine if he's there, which I think he will be, uh, but I don't think Levis. Stroud or um, or obviously uh, Bryce Young will fall. So here's some of your thoughts. I uh, appreciate the uh, effort the guys gave to get to this point, but I, I still think we missed our opportunity early in the year to, um, to to trade some more assets, get more picks, and kind of start this thing over with the franchise guy. So anyway, like to hear your guys' thoughts. Thanks for the show. Bye. All right, man. I think there's – a possibility that Steve or that uh, uh, Will Levis or Anthony Richardson could be in contention for that that first pick in the draft. It's not necessarily what I would do, but if you look at the recent trend of teams taking talented quarterbacks with the big time arm talent, the big time uh, you know guys like Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, they have that. The problem is you're going to have to justify how you saw their film. Some of the inconsistencies, the overthrows, um, the lack of production in the SEC. Richardson was only a one-year starter for Florida. That's why a lot of people thought that he would go back to Florida. That didn't happen. Um, Will Levis seemingly regressed this past season compared to the year prior. So I don't know, man, it's going to be hard to get a read on where these quarterbacks are going to go until we start to get to the combine and we start to get to the pro days and the senior bowl, which Will Levis is going to be a part of. Um, That's definitely in, in consideration. And especially if we have a new head coach. Yeah. I think the chances probably go up that they do intend to draft a quarterback, but I'm still on team Matt Corral. Damn it. And you're not going to pull me off of this hill. Right on. All right. Uh, next call. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, shit. You know who the fuck it is. Booyaka, booyaka, booyaka. According to sources, Jim Harbaugh has made it be known that he is, had a serious interest in the Carolina fucking Panthers head coaching job. Damn. And then we find out that fucking David Trapper has talked to Jim Harborough about our fucking head coaching position. Damn. That's quite awfully funny. Hmm. Light bulb off in my head. Oh, and then once again, you know who the fuck this is. Damn, David Trapper. Just days ago, we were eliminated from the fucking playoffs, right? Or... Eliminated. Let's just say eliminated from everything, right? We was eliminated. And just days after, just days after you contact Jim Harbaugh from Michigan, you know what that lets me know? That motherfucker couldn't wait for us to get eliminated from the fucking playoffs. David Tepper couldn't wait to make that fucking, couldn't wait to make that fucking, that, that phone call for fucking Jim Harbaugh, man. Jim Harbaugh's been my number one fucking head coaching fucking, that's the motherfucker I wanted, bro. But I got all these fucking haters, these G baby haters calling me out there. I don't know shit. Well, guess what, y'all? Fuck y'all, bruh. 
Because you, you don't make a fucking phone call days after you get eliminated from the fucking playoffs. You don't make a phone call like that if you ain't fucking about your fucking business, bro. That's a big fucking deal. So all the motherfuckers that want to see Wilkes back, well, shit, y'all better get your fucking tissues ready. Y'all better get the fucking tissues ready. I said I'd be okay with Steve Wilkes coming back. If he's a fucking secondary coach or a defensive coordinator, that is it. That is it. But that says a lot for Joe Persons to fucking put that report out. With us having still one game left, damn. Do you know what that lets me know? There's no reason for us to win this motherfucking game coming up. Because we can jump to a tie of six, peak six. Let's not fuck this up. Because New Orleans is done for fucking this over. Yeah, I got a lot to fucking say. Because Jim Harbaugh is the epitome of what I want as a fucking head coach. Been to multiple NFC championships. Been to a fucking Super Bowl. Has had multiple high-scoring offices. And has multiple top-of-the-flight fucking old-school blue-collar fucking defenses, bruh. Jim Harbaugh, you're my fucking man. If we get you, I'm fucking back. My money's <laughs> fucking back. What do you think G-Baby does after No, fuck this shit, and I'm calling back. I'm calling back. What do you think G-Baby does after he walks out of that room? Like, where do you think he's at? Like, he could just be like... a cigarette, dude. Oh, really? I think he could be like... (laughs) Just like after he had an orgasm, dude. Or something, or like he just like walk out with a shirt and tie somewhere. (laughs) Be like, hey, well, welcome to whatever. Uh, my bad is in that room crushing it. So, G Baby, G Baby's the man. He's passionate. Look, he likes who he likes. He dislikes who he dislikes. He wears his emotion on his sleeve. He's been People, saying Jim Harbaugh. Though. He's been saying, yeah, he has. No, he one hundred percent has. And uh, look, could you imagine if the Panthers all of a sudden started making moves that G Baby loved? And that way, every and that, well, look, that way, every the best shit ever. They would hire him. They would hire him as like their and then Midwestern urban consultant, being like, "I love this fucking team. I love our fucking players. I fucking told you the NFL. Like this is going, like this is going straight up from being someone who is perceived as the ultimate hater." To being like the ultimate fanboy. Let's get us Jim Harbaugh. Look, let's get us Jim Harbaugh and let's win a playoff game and we'll get positive G baby. Positive G baby. That's the timeline that I want to live in. I want to see positive. I want to see imagine someone pumped up G baby. People are people get mad at G baby for being insufferably negative. There will come a time if we win and Jim Harbaugh is the coach and some of these things happen like this, Cody, that he will be uh, unsufferably positive. Like he'll just be like walking and we'll be like, well, Harbaugh could have done this. And be like, shut the fuck up. Best yeah, team. right. Best, <laughs> be avidly best, defending best. <laughs> Dude, that, that I'm telling you, that's the timeline that I want to be a part of. Me too. So it needs to happen. Me too. Yeah, it's happening. I love it. Um, great. CG baby. I don't care what anybody says. He mug is good for our podcast. He gives us <laughs> discussion. The chat goes nuts. 
G baby, let's a little steam off. This is what this is for. 252-228-5098. I feel like his life is probably a little bit better with uh these, What's uh, up, C3? These calls. It's like we're his Anthony free therapy. From Charlotte. What up, Anthony? Still getting over this virus that's going around. It's terrible. But end, end of season thoughts because, you know, next week doesn't really matter just in terms of, I mean, for draft position, yes, but not in terms of a meaningful game. Um, I first want to say thanks to Steve Wilkes. Um, whether he's the coach moving forward or if he's not, I hope he ends up getting a job somewhere because he's shown that he can lead uh, – men on the field he's a great locker room guy and you know he, he turned around our season he made it interesting for us or you know i mean thank god matt rule wasn't here it would have been the same season so i want to give props to him and i want to give props to all our young stars to continue to grow and develop you know they're the core pieces of this team and i hope we can build on what we have as a foundation here and second, I want to thank you boys, man, like Cody, CK, Greg, Tony. Y'all are awesome. Uh, I mean, Appreciate I found you, this man. podcast about a year and a half ago, and I haven't looked back since. It's been awesome. I love the community. Um, love y'all, man. Thanks for all Appreciate the work you, you do. I mean, it really brightens my day every time I get to go on the show and, you know, call in and watch the Tuesday show. It's just a great community, and it's a great way to um, – you know, interact with the people. Um, um, and yeah, and the third thing I want to say is there is there is always hope. You know, like I guess I was a little sour um, in my call because I was just mad that we lost, but there is hope. I mean, whether Sam Darnold's the quarterback, whether it's Matt Corral, whether, whether we draft a guy, there are some positives. We have an offensive line. We got two young receivers on the rise. Really haven't seen their potential because of the quarterback situation. I mean, DJ Moore, we know already. Terrence Marshall is great. So, yeah, I just wanted to wrap it up by saying that. And lastly, screw Matt Rule. He was the reason that this season started out Call bad. Week, right? yeah. And, yeah, I just wanted to call in and um, – just give my thoughts on the season. You know, it was an awesome time. So, yeah, you already know Panther Nation, C3, Anthony from Charlotte, keep motherfucking pounding, boys. That's the call of um, the year. Hell yeah. yeah. Anthony, Great call. Man, dude. Shout By out the way, check, year. check the Four Horsemen chat. It's relevant. Yeah, I already got you. Of the year. So, I mean, again, 2020, I, I, would, I, I, I wouldn't put much behind any of this. To be honest, but uh, Will Conkle, the same guy who broke the news, says in a conversation with Jim Harbaugh, the Michigan head coach, tells Queen City News, although no one knows the future, I think I will be coaching at Michigan again next year. I kind of think that this is uh, uh, that means he's definitely. You know what? He's already he's like he said that from Tepper's Islands, where he's with all uh, of. He's F also F like Michigan doesn't glass want him Onion Island. Michigan doesn't want him doing this. He's like, oh, well, he won't. He 
go to the NFL. But I don't believe it, man. Like, I Why just do you don't think, think he's he doing that? Do you think he's trying to get money out of like what is the benefit for him to flirt with the NFL to the boosters? They'll just re up his contract. Probably. Right. Well, like, 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 how do we try? Okay. I'm not trying to throw shade on Bo Kunkel, but he nice really reported this both. News. This is nice yeah, to cover your Then he says, This conversation was tonight and took place privately. Okay, but then with why would he tell Queen City News? What is he doing in Charlotte? Why is Jim Harbaugh so probably on a phone call? Okay, like that's crazy. Jim Harbaugh taking Charlotte calls out of the random. Yeah, well, I mean, it's you know he's out of the college football uh, championships. So I mean, what what is he doing with his time right now outside of scouting? Would you just take a call from a local media TV station in Charlotte? Why Why not? If you're Jim Harbaugh right now, I would be either yeah, working on going no on a recruiting sense, trail. Why it's is he saying shit. it to QC News? That's what I want to know. That's yeah, called at 11, like, like, like the Vol guy says, at 11.30 at night, what the fuck are we talking about? Like, what what are we doing here? This is, this is dumb. I, I think it's dumb. I think we'll he see. probably originally he must heard have, something. You know what? Kunkel must be, like, Kunkel must have... Uh, a, a sister or something that is married to a Harbaugh kid or something. Maybe, Maybe so. Like there has know, to man. be a end. There ain't no way he's just being like, you know what? I want to talk to Charlotte TV. <laughs> a TV? Like who the fuck even talks to television anymore? I mean, I know he didn't go on TV. You know what I'm saying? But like, right. that's your news source is like your local. That would be like saying it's it. pretty dumb to me though. Like, what if you're Harbaugh? Have any of these reports been big enough that you're gonna call the local news station of the bro, place he that's is circulating the rumors? All these mugs. Think about this. Yeah, I don't he know. has got this. Is he's trying to get two people to compete on taking him to the prom? Michigan boosters and a renewal of his contract there, which could be unlimited. If you think about it, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, the fucking stadium is unlimited. It's like a a planet. <laughs> There's 120,000 people or some ridiculous shit like that. 110. That and a bazillionaire and David Tepper are competing over him to go to the prom. I mean, he is going to get the best. He's going to get the lobster dinner. <laughs> he's getting the, he's getting everything out of this. I love it. I'm already, I'm all in on Harbaugh. I'm like G-Baby already. Next call. What's up, C3? It's uh, Riley Panther calling in here. Night podcast. Um, Man, I just want to say watching that game last night was was real hard to watch. And, uh, you know, prayers go up for uh, DeMar Hamlin. But um, shifting to the Panthers, you know, I I called in last week literally asking about, uh, you know, Steve Wilkes and the future with him and the Panthers and, you know, of course today all Panthers news was related to um, Jim Harbaugh potentially being a prime candidate for the Panthers. And I almost want to extend the same question I asked last week. And um, in that, you, you know, what is it that you think Jim Harbaugh would bring to the table and, and 
what do you think his stamp would be on the Panthers that would ultimately um, turn this team around? I'd uh, love to get your thoughts on that, and uh, I hope you guys have a great night. Why, why would Jim Harbaugh, and let me make this even a more divisive question, why would Jim Harbaugh be better than Steve Wilkes? Well, I mean, he's got a he's got a track record of success in the NFL, and Steve Wilkes doesn't. I think he knows what it takes to win on the highest levels, and I understand Steve has hasn't got that opportunity with the teams. I understand that, but he is a proven winner. Uh, Harbaugh is a proven winner who comes from a football lineage. His father and his brother highly successful. He has been successful himself, and you look at his ability to turn around quarterbacks, or not necessarily turn them around, but put them in a position to be successful. Andrew Luck was the number one overall pick. He then took Alex Smith. He was successful. Colin Kaepernick, successful. You know, he has been successful um, at every single level with multiple different quarterbacks. He was successful with a bunch of different quarterbacks up at Michigan as well. So I think that's really important. And Steve, you know, for better or worse, just doesn't have that kind of resume to compare against him. Now, Steve understands the culture of the Carolina Panthers better, but are you really afraid that our keep pounding culture would be eradicated under Jim Harbaugh? I mean, this dude went to the 49ers. They have a much longer history and culture than us. Like, if anything, he might be able to re-implement that keep pounding culture more than anyone. I love it. Uh, well, I oh mean, great points. Let's go to the next call. Chuck from Elizabeth City. Let's go. Hey, guys. It's Chuck from Elizabeth City, a.k.a. Carolina Sports Guy. Uh, the main reason why I wanted to call tonight, I wanted to apologize for uh, my behavior. You guys have been nothing but good to me. Uh, Tony, uh, especially you, Cody, good, uh, Greg, you and CK, y'all all have uh, – said nice things about me and, and really taking time with my calls. And, and I love the podcast, the family, the community, uh, and a lot of guys and people that call in. You know, I really enjoy the banner back and forth. And I, I, first time I've been that angry over a game in a long, long time. I understand. And I had a feeling we'd lose. And it wouldn't be so bad, guys. I'm sorry. I'm going to say the one thing. If it wasn't for that bitch, Tom Brady, I can't stand it. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess a slice of goat. You're not wrong, Um But we, we did get some positives in this season. I saw some good things. We have these extra draft picks. Seeing uh, C trade still sticks in my craw because I don't think we got enough. And I would have really rather taken less if he went somewhere else like an AFC. I think it's going to come back to bite us in the butt one day in the playoffs. But needless to say, um, I feel optimistic and good. Um, a lot of rumors about coaching. Uh, I know there's a few positions we need. Um, but like I said, guys, I really mainly called because I just wanted to apologize. I, I let my temper, uh, my language, and, and really, I wouldn't say I took it out on you guys, but I more or less just let loose a platform that you've given me, and I had no right to it. So, so 
thanks guys for uh, accepting my apology. Nothing but love for Chuck from Elizabeth City, even when we get uh, riled up. Bro, I've done, I mean, we get riled up. Like this is, that's part of it. So yeah. nothing but love from Chuck from Elizabeth City. Um, thanks for calling into the show. And, uh, you know, just good points about the team. You know, very informed. Let's just keep rolling through with these calls. Sounds good. What's going on, CB Nation? It's your boy, Jay Anderson. Eating you up. Um, I have a, I have something against a lot of fans that I see how they flip flop. You know, couple of weeks. You know, last couple of weeks they love Steve Wilkes. Now they question him. Uh, somebody on Twitter said that Steve, that Steve Wilkes got our coach at that game against Tampa. And it's like, if you watch the game, Steve Wilkes didn't get out coach. Um, Todd Bowles. What did Todd Bowles do to get out coach? I mean, to out coach Steve Wilkes, he absolutely did nothing. To be honest, I mean, both of them had their flaws and stuff like that. And I just don't like the way our people just just turn their backs on Steve Wilkes and stuff like that. Granted, every every coach is gonna f up. I mean, there's some people there's some people in New England who still question Bill Belichick and he won them six six um championships. True. So no matter who's the coach, you're still gonna you're still gonna have them. You know, you're still going to complain about it. And we, the Panthers can get a coach and they can win two Super Bowls and stuff like that. They're saying they're still going to complain about the play calling or something like that. So, you know, stuff with fans is it's just – and, and you know, some people are saying, like, he should have gone aggressive with Sam Darnold and stuff like that. Like, you can't go aggressive with Sam Darnold and stuff. You just can't. Somebody like Sam Darnold, we saw how he got aggressive. And he threw that pick. So you can't go aggressive with Sam Darn. Um one one problem that I do have is that I said it on Twitter and I said it, you know, weeks ago. I said the Panthers need to get creative with their run game. You know, it seems like it's always a run you know, run up the middle, run up the middle, run sometimes you gotta get creative. You gotta you gotta throw some reverses in there. You gotta you know, you gotta, you know, Pitch to the um, pitch to the left. You got to pitch to the right and stuff like that. You got to get creative with your run game. That's why when we had Cam Newton, and I know people don't want to bring Cam Newton back up, but when we had Cam Newton, we had some better design plays. Plus, we had a quarterback that know that actually knows how to run and get us yards. Sam Darnold is not built like that. Can he run? Yes, he can run, but he's not that guy. He's not a Cam Newton. He's not a Jalen Hurts. He's not a Lamar Jackson type of guy and stuff like that that can make those plays are Josh Allen. So what you wanted him to be. I just think that people um, got too hard on on Steve Wilson. People need to just pack off and stuff like that. If you want him as a coach, keep that same energy. If you don't, then that's fine. But don't just drag the man and talk about he got a coach. That's lame. That means you haven't been watching the game. You haven't been watching the game. I agree. I agree with what you're saying about the – out coaching, particularly at the head coaching position. I think at the end of the day, we should maybe talk about the continuity of coaching staff going forward. Right. Less about Steve Wilkes in many ways is my number one question would be, is Al Holcomb the guy for the job at, D at defensive coordinator? And 
you know, Wilkes and them, I mean, I think Holcomb and them knew that they needed to be putting that safety over. I feel like they made adjustments. Maybe the players made mistakes, or at least that's what they they made some innuendos or suggestions about, like, is that a safety was supposed to roll over and he didn't, whatever. So I don't know if we can just go, go on that one moment, these three plays, and say Al Holcomb can't make adjustments at all. Um but at the the other on the other hand too is I want to point this out is I know that you guys have tried and that the media and everybody has tried to sell you that this team's identity offensively is a smash and like a ground and pound type game and maybe that's like what the better part of our season is about but Ben McAdoo his natural inclination is not to do that folks I've been I mean he is a guy that has been on record for decades saying that you can create and manufacture a run game through the passing game. And what he means by like screens and some different things like that. So he's just not a traditionalist. I think the credit goes to McAdoo for kind of bending and getting outside of maybe his comfort zone. But I think this is, I don't think McAdoo is I'm not even trying to say he's a bad guy. I actually think he's, he's what he's done has been mildly impressive, moderately impressive, I guess you could say. But he's not the right guy, offensive coordinator to have if you want to have that identity of being a 2013 Carolina Panthers team. And like, can't we be fair about it? Like, you can be on the on the side of Steve Wilkes and want him to be the next head coach and still say that it was probably better to have Josh and Keith Taylor. I mean, I know yeah, he's I been serving coffee, you know, or even the fact that he's on uh, a pass to Mike Evans, and he said that he should have changed out of that play when he saw that, and he said that the onus of that was on him. So I you're think allowed we have to, to make criticize a Steve Wilkes. And say that there there are reasonable criticisms and expectations, and there's unreasonable ones. And I think a lot of the ones, you know, just speaking for us, that we have made have been very reasonable criticisms. I think we totally have to delineate between two types of people, too, as well. And neither, I'm not trying to say one is bad or one's better. But what I've tried to always say is that if, if Wilkes would have won these games, he would have given... Tepper, no choice but to give him the job. There's a difference between losing this Tampa game and saying that Wilkes kind of kept the door open for another candidate to be the consideration sure. than to say that Wilkes shouldn't have right. the job. Right. Yeah. And that's my the delineation I just want to make. And I hope I use that word correctly. And we're still like going to have to interview people anyway to be in compliance with right. the Rooney rule. We are going to have to hire people or we're going to have to interview people from outside of the organization. So I feel like Steve Wilkes is in a panic room that the door hasn't shut all the way. And like people who are trying to get in the panic room, like say zombies or something, trying to get in and the doors open you know what I'm saying? It's clo closing. So close. It was so close. And the closing is him getting the job, like safely being in the panic room. That, you know, is just 
the loss, and it's something it might be unfair. He might be trying as hard as he can. That loss against the Bucks was another finger creeping through the door. Sure. Weird yeah, analogy. Mean, Sorry, I've been well, weird. No, I tried no, to watch with my daughter this stupid show. Well, not stupid show, Black Summer. I've already watched it once, but no, you're right though. Steve, Steve Wilkes left the door open. The door is open. He's had a good season that's had ups and downs. And to accurately assess his season, you have to speak on all of those. I think a lot of people want Steve Wilkes to get the opportunity. If he doesn't, I don't. I mean, can what, I what, what can we say? You know? Can I tell you my secret? Sublim a subconscious fear. It's like the one I sure is that I secretly I I know that Will is is great and this and that, but it's just another. How many defensive coaches have we had? How many decades are we gonna go? Like, imagine. All right, so this is that. I feel like you got to give Wilkes three, four years, right? Sure. Being like three years, say three years. Let's just be four would be generous, but say. Like three is the number that you should reasonably assume that you're going to give to the guy. If he's not the guy or say he has one winning season, we're in 2030 before we're hiring our offensive coach. It's just 35 years. Right. Of defensive coach. I mean, it's just, I know it's a silly thing. It's just almost me just wishing and it's probably going to come back and bite me. It's probably going to come uh, no, back yeah, and bite like, me. We, we, have, we have been asking for this forever, to upgrade the Panthers' offense in a way that looks like we belong in the year 2000 going on 23. You know, we are 2023 now. So, yeah, to be able to update this. Like, we this would take offense, a 2015 model, right? Yeah, oh. and by, and that that's another thing, man. If you were unhappy with the way that Ron Rivera ran the football team in his final days as a coach, then I feel like a lot of the philosophical differences that we had with Ron Rivera, we would also probably have with Steve Wilkes. Now, they're different men, so you don't want to just copy and paste one on top of the other. But I, you know, they they do come from that same. They're cut from a similar of, cloth. Yeah, one hundred. A similar cloth, not the same cloth, but the similar cloth. Yeah, one hundred percent. I almost wish that Rat, uh, that Matt Rat Rule Mule. was a defensive. Yeah, I wish Rat Mule was an actual defensive coach. The only reason I, my argument doesn't kind of hold is I just wanted to, because Rat Mule was a nothing coach. He wanted an offensive coach or a defensive coach. <clears throat> that's the thing but gosh i don't know harbaugh is the sexy name for me what's up guys i'm gonna go back to uh last year when we was getting ready for the 2022 draft people were saying don't get a dra uh, quarterback in this draft get a left tackle 2023 class is loaded with quarterback talent here we are facing uh coming up to the 23 three draft there's never a fucking you have quarterback people like cody there's no quarterbacks that stand out this draft that's worth taking that high huh it's funny how we uh change that changed a little bit huh uh, agree, the i agree with this call will like deserve to be in consideration for the head coach absolutely 
that it would be naive to say that's our guy without talking to other or interviewing other coaches. Is he a nice, nice coach for what he's done? Yeah. But you got to ask, was he that good or was ruled that much of a disaster? That's my question. Well, so oh. for those that wants to say, yeah, Wilkes is our guy and we don't need a quarterback, they just want to be stuck in the status quo. I mean, today's NFL, you either got a quarterback and you matter or you don't have a quarterback and you don't matter. He's right. He's right. Good call. Well, good call right now. And uh, where I do agree with him is that two years, this past year, actually, not two years ago, when we were all sitting here, the Carolina Panthers, actually for two years in a row, we had the Justin Fields draft, right? You had the incredible draft, which was the Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. They told us it was going to be the most incredible, you know, I mean, it's the most talented quarterback. And they all went in the top. Zach, what's his, who, also the, whatever the dude is in New England. <clears throat> Then they told us, yeah, Mac Jones. Then they told us, but they also said, don't get, don't worry to get ready folks, because next year's class is weak, but the year after that's dope as fuck. So everybody told us going into this last draft, oh, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, this and like, they might be the best of this class, but these guys are nobodies in comparison to last year versus and next year. And now we're in next year. And all of a sudden this class has nothing. But can I defend myself for a minute? I would say this is not everybody told us that Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis and Ritter and Corral were okay, but not the most talented class next year, next year. And now we're in next year, and everybody's saying next year, next year, next year. Yeah, but listen, there's a reason for that, though. You have to be able to update your opinion based upon at the end of the year last year, a lot of those guys that you just mentioned, they have upside that you feel like you can project into the NFL, even though their stats maybe didn't speak at, at, at that necessarily, right? And everybody was saying, oh, it's a bad quarterback class. It's a bad quarterback class. Yet people are talking about this quarterback class like it's somehow different. You have two elite prospects at the very top of the, of, of the draft in Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, and both of them, even though they looked good at the end of the season, they have real question marks that NFL talent evaluators are going to have about their game on the next level. Like, that that just it is the simple truth of the matter. I mean, if you're looking at guys like, uh, you know, uh, Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, well, you're going to be doing that you would have been doing in drafting a Malik Willis last year or in drafting a Matt Corral, guys that you want to see in a better situation be able to prove themselves. So, again, and I know it's cliche, but if you look at Drake, if you look at Caleb Williams, like the the physical skill set that they have and what they can pair together I'm sorry, I just don't think that uh, the the guys in this class are necessarily representative of what they're going to be viewed as coming out of college next year. So, 
you know, you, you can't disregard a season of bad football from a quarterback. Like, you just you, you can't do it. All right. Uh, as Malik Willis uh, watches Josh Dobbs with no eyebrows uh, <laughs> start this week. And Zach Wilson is going to be cut. No, he's not. That's what I saw one. I mean, it might have just been a story that was trying to get you to click. They think, man, they were talking about the Jets being ready to release him. People are That's tired the, of it, man. Man, boy, they got tired of that boy quick. <laughs> uh, next call. He just needs some time. Hey, guys, um, I got a question for you or a statement. Um, I keep okay. hearing people talk about maybe Steve Wilkes would be a defensive coordinator for another head coach for Carolina next year. That's just disrespectful. I mean, imagine you or Steve Wilkes. Imagine David Tepper comes to you after all you've done for Carolina this year and says, Steve, I don't like how you're doing. I don't like the job you've done. I think I can do better, but I'm going to bring this other guy in and let him do your job. But you can stay here and be his little assistant. That's disrespectful. I mean, that's it's disrespectful to Steve Wilkes to ask him to do that. And that's 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 disrespectful. And I mean, what if it's just Jim Harbaugh? We gonna tell Steve Wilkes, oh, you can stay and be Jim Harbaugh's little assistant? Nah, no, but that's anytime. And, and tell me the lawsuit, the racial lawsuit, uh, 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 discrimination. Excuse me, the discrimination lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, you reckon I won't give that feed? Oh boy. Just folks, just think about what you say when you say it, or think about what you post when you post it. Just how disrespectful that is. Would you do that? Whatever job you're working at in your life, Tony, I know you're a, a, a professor at a college. Would you like it? Would anybody like it for your boss to come to tell you that they don't like your job you're doing, but because they're nice to you and they do like you, they want you to stay and be the new the new guy's little bitch. Uh, Pickle, thank you very much. Uh, don't worry though, that's all just fan speak. That's all just fan speak. Sure. I mean, that it's like a uh, it's unreasonable idea for another head coach to come in. <laughs> like, I mean, don't worry. That's the last thing you have to worry about. Really, what you should be, what we should be worrying about is this, is picking whoever it is over Steve Wilkes. Is that the right decision? It's not about will Steve Wilkes be the defensive coordinator. It's like, you really just need to figure out, are you going to get a guy? He's was, right, though, in that fans have this unrealistic. Oh, and there's so many people yeah, that yeah, think it could, that say it. I don't, they yeah. can't think that. They, they can't truly believe it. They can't yeah, they would never believe it. Do you think the only thing I think with this is that with Wilkes and Harbaugh is don't you truly think if we would have removed the five weeks that we have gotten to learn more about Wilkes from the equation, do you think it would be anywhere close to us being saying like, oh, Wilkes is from here before he needs a shot. I mean, 
I just don't want five weeks or ten weeks. Ten weeks. It's probably ten weeks at this point. To override. I don't know. You can't get. Is it too starstruck? Not starstruck. That's not the right words. I just don't want to be too. Um, Enamored. Yeah. And, and sentimental. Sentimental about. I don't yeah. know. I mean, you know what? Look, as I would be very happy if Wilkes. All, all I know is this: is if Wilkes is the head coach, we're going to get a new offensive coordinator. It's not going right. to be Ben McAdoo. I promise you that. I bet money is not going to be. Ma- I wouldn't, but I. You know who I think it could be. Y'all were going to get mad. Mike Bill Shula. O'Brien. Oh, I was going to say Bill O'Brien. Mike Shula. <laughs> Bring back some 2015 Carolina the Panthers. Head coach? No, no, not the head coach. I'm talking about if Wilkes gets the job, he might bring Mike Shula in as the offensive coordinator. That's what I'm saying. Like, I could see that happening. Ben McAdoo, my whole point is this, is Ben McAdoo will not be net back next year. Like, period. Period. If 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 Wilkes gets the head coaching job, it will not be Ben McAdoo. It just doesn't fit him. I think Mike Shula would be a great fit for a Wilkes type team. That's what I think, which is what, and I know you look, you make the faces all you want. All I'm just saying is this, is that the call was talking about. Yeah. Well, no. I, and we know what? We're going to move on to the next call. No, I mean, like, I'd rather move on. What's up, C3 podcast? It's Alex from Arizona. Uh, yeah, man, my prayer is out for uh, DeMar Hamlin and his family for sure. On another note, dude, I've been all day online on all these, like, Panther sites and Facebook pages just going back and forth with a whole bunch of Panthers fans. And I just can't believe that our fan base is – just a shit show, man. So many people just arguing, talking crap back and forth online, including myself. Some people think Steve Wilkes is God. Some people say he's complete shit. I think he's a great person, great man, and a leader of men, decent coach. But let's be honest. He's five and six. He's been interviewing since Matt Rule left. And honestly, I just don't see it happening, man. Unless we want a mediocre coach just to give this man a chance. I'm tired of giving people chances, dude. Like, I'm just sick of it. I just want us to go get a good head coach, a winning coach, an NFL head coach. Got some kind of positive record and a quarterback. Because... I think we're a good quarterback and a coach away. I get it. Everyone thinks up and down and swears that Steve Wilkes is the guy. This is the guy. No, it's not the guy. If you go back and look at his record, he's got a 40% winning or 40% winning whatever probability or whatever. Like if you go back and look at his complete record, I think this guy is like, I don't even know. I was looking at it earlier. I had a conversation with someone online, dude. I think he doesn't even have 10 wins um, at all, and he's got like 20 losses or some shit. Close to these numbers. They're they're just way off, but I want your guys' opinion on that. You guys really believe that Steve Wilk is the man for the job? Because I think he's like subpar. Maybe get us to the playoffs, 
no more than 10 wins in a season. You know, I do believe he's the next step up, but I still think he's medium grade. He's not going to get us to the promised land. I'm looking long term. I want to talk about Super Bowl. I want to see us go deep in the playoffs. I just don't see that with Wilk. He's very conservative. Um, he's not a risk taker. He's not really an offensive guy. You know, we've already seen the defensive stuff from head coaches, defensive coaches, and obviously that hasn't worked for us. I think we need a change. I had an argument with a guy, too, online about – man, this is a long call. I apologize. But about – I was like, hey, if we had Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, do you think we would not be in the playoffs and be at the top of the NFC? And this guy was so delusional talking about, no, I don't even know if we'd make Oh, he got cut off. Um, no, I mean, thank you, caller. And that's kind of what we've been discussing, CK. Like, yeah. he's mentioning all of the negatives that might go with Steve Wilkes being the head coach. Randall Riley in the chat pointing out eight wins and 19 losses uh, between here and Arizona. I thought it was nine wins, but whatever. Here, uh, here there, or another. I, I do think that Steve Wilkes... Um, He's never had that that opportunity <clears throat> to continue to build the team that you want. Sure. So it's a lot of conjecture. We don't really know what Steve Wilkes is capable of. And you can make the argument that you might never know until you give him a legitimate opportunity to do right. so. Now, and, and this, as any head coach in the NFL, you're never guaranteed to get that scenario. Like, I mean, look at Nathaniel Hackett. Everybody thought he was going into a fantastic situation with Denver this year. And then it just didn't happen. And if you want to say, well, he was fired because of Russell Wilson being so bad. Well, I guess you could say that. But at the end of the day, if you're Nathaniel Hackett, you think, well, I never had a legitimate quarterback to compete with. I thought Wilson was the guy. And he wasn't. Steve Wilkes can say almost the identical thing right. between Josh Rosen in Arizona and you could even Mayfield say it with people Tampa who had the Carolina. opposite. You could even say the it with the opposite, the guy from Miami. They started out the like he's the Wonderkin. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like they started out and I even picked them in the pick on this week on this radio show I go on and I pick we just pick heads up. No no spread. I said they can't lose five in a row. Like, I mean, they're just too good to lose five in a row. I was like, a three in a row? Okay. Four in a row? Five. Guess what they did? They lost five in a row. And that's with a talented-ass roster and this Wonderkin coach. So you're right. You can say that all the time when a coach don't have no talent. Guess who's still saying it, though? Ron Rivera. Don't have a quarterback. Don't have a quarterback. Anyway, two five two. Well, let's just go to the next call. I won't even advertise the number anymore. Sorry about that call, guys. It's just I've been literally arguing with people all day. I had to let that one out, man. That's why you guys are here, right? Anyways, yeah, I want your guys' opinion on what you guys really think of Steve Wilkes. I really want to hear what you guys have to say to me and the rest of the fans that believe that Steve Wilkes is the man. Because I just don't. I'm sorry. I see him as a defensive coordinator, assistant head coach, not a head coach. Thanks. Later, guys. Um, one thing I would just point to people 
I this might be my hot take for tonight. Making the you know the people that say let's bring Steve Wilkes back as a defensive coordinator. Yeah, which we have already said is ridiculous. I think that Steve Wilkes arguably has a better track record as a head coach than he does as a defensive coordinator. He had one season as a defensive coordinator. It was all right. I think what he did this year as head coach is a better performance as a head coach than what he did as defensive coordinator. So I, but what I guess I'm trying to say is I don't know if I've seen enough from Steve Wilkes to just say he is a better coordinator than a head coach. Some people are better coordinators than head coaches. I don't know if he is this like guru of defensive coordinators. I think maybe his lane and his specialty is the leadership role. Right. I think that he's been a better head coach than a defensive coordinator resume to resume year to year. That's my hot take for tonight. I mean, I can't really argue that to be honest with you i mean, I mean he had the one year what when he was was it 2016 it was 2016 he was the defensive coordinator for one year for the carolina right. panthers 2016 and the defense was just i mean it eh. was blitz heavy and it was okay and i think yeah. uh i think it looked better than it was that year yeah they I mean, weren't that our, great they weren't that bad and we also celebrated him for making something that was not that great look better than it was here's here's a good litmus test for what we're dealing with if we don't hire steve wilkes as a head coach who is damn well next call <laughs> i mean like that's a damn i mean that's well, just a, if you think about it that way, I mean, that's, that's, my, that's my thought. And that's where I've, I've loved what Steve Wilkes has done. And you could go back and pull the VOD and try to pull receipts. I will openly admit I was hyped for him. Right. I'm like, oh, he is good. my coach. The- He's going to be the head coach moving forward. This is my dude. This is my dude. This is my dude. Right. The season is over. We're falling back down a little bit. The high is starting to wear off a little bit. And then that's why I said Sunday. Again, and so for those that are new in here to the chat or maybe listening a little bit later that didn't hear me say this earlier, we're grading him on the Matt Rule scale as opposed to what a good head coach is, right? And so I'm not saying he can't be a good head coach, but we've got to keep in mind he went from being the secondaries coach to being the head coach, all right? Um, so I'm saying in comparison to Jim Harbaugh, I don't think that Steve Wilkes is going to be on the same level. He might be able to be there. I don't know. And I'm hoping that the dude does well. But at the end of the day, I just don't know what to expect from this guy. And that's where I'm going to hire him. Wow. Right. That's a tough question. Answer it, folks. Yeah. I mean, that's the case. I mean, like, literally answer this. Is there going to be five jobs probably open in the NFL? Four, maybe. And uh, who are the names? Like, look, we ain't talking about Eric Bieniemy no more. No one's talking about him anymore. Right. No one's talking about Joe Brady anymore. Right. Is this and that is, I think, the names that we are missing right now in this conversation are D'Amico Ryan's. A lot of people like him. I don't know why. 
I don't really get it is that look, Robert Sala's just over at New York putting together good defense, not winning no games. Um, and the other is since Dan Quinn, pff, nope, I like their their offensive coordinator more, and some people are into the Detroit offensive coordinator, Quinn Dorsey, but like really, the name is Jim Harbaugh. But even those nobody names I gave you, would Wilkes be outpacing them for a job? Will Wilkes get the – imagine if the Texans hire Steve Wilkes. What if the the, the NFL just punished the Texans for everything? I don't know that, that he's that bad where you'd say he'd punish them. Like, And I'm not saying he'd be a bad coach. No, they coach, get the Lovey but... Smith. They're just like, hey, here, black coach, go to the worst team. Worst roster. Well, you know, you know what, you know what's funny. You know what's funny about that with the Texans. The last two years in a row, they have hired a black head coach. Yeah. So they, so I know. So they fired the one guy after one year, and they're already talking about firing Lovey Smith. Yeah. Oh no, they're going to. They. It's almost like the NFL owners colluded and said the Texans just have to take it for everybody. Well, it's they're like the, you think that they're doing. I don't know, dude. The Texans are a dumpster fire. We can so easily right, beat the Texans. We're close. We're not that far. What's up, guys? What up, Nate? Well, even though I kind of saw what happened on Sunday coming, it still doesn't make it sting any less. At least we looked competent. At least we gave a solid effort. I understand where Steve Wilkes is coming from in the aspect of he was trying to play conservatively, but I'm sorry, man. When you're going up against one of the best wide receiver rooms in the NFL and you are down your top two corners, like, you, you have to play hard. Okay? You have to go for every single chance that you have. You have to keep your offense on the field as long as you can. I get it. You turn over the ball in the wrong territory, okay? It's basically game over. But you got to at least fucking try, man. There was a couple of fourth and ones where it's like, I, I see where you're coming from, but, man, like, you really should be trying right now. So this is what you guys get to feel like whenever Tom Brady knocks you out of the playoffs. So guys, this is the first time I've been on this side. Now I completely understand why everybody hates Brady so much. Like, I already hated the dude before, but, like, fuck. Um, prayers up for Demar Hamlin. Okay. Right now, all that's important is him getting healthy. Him getting home. Okay, that's all that matters. Nothing else matters. We shouldn't. There are already people talking about some other shit. And normally, I would agree with these people. There's a time and a place. This is not the time. This is not the place. Once he's home healthy, have open conversations about it. But not now. But well, boys. And unfortunately, I don't know what you guys feel about Steve Wilkes. If he had won this past weekend, I think it would have basically guaranteed him the coaching job. But with where we stand right now, I think he's going to have to win the last one to even be considered. Yeah. But then with all the news reports coming out today, talking about Harbaugh and the Panthers, and it's like, uh, there are some guys 
just fit systems. And Steve Wilkes fits here. And he might not be the best coach, but he's the best coach for us. Keep on the guys. I respect the, the take. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people feel that way, man. Panther Nation's torn on on this whole coaching. Forward with, yeah. Yeah. And there's good, like, look, this is the, the deal. There are good arguments to be made on both sides of this. If you think that Steve Wilkes is the perfect man for the Panthers who knows the culture, he needs another offseason, you're not wrong. If you say, hey, we've been there, done that with that kind of coach before, that kind of play style, we need a big name to be able to attract free agents, to get the best out of our players. They're not wrong either. Like there are a lot of good points to be made, and that's what's going to make this such an interesting thing to follow going forward. And I don't know what's right either. That's the point. Is like all of these things could be true in their own ways, right? And you know, like is anyway. Uh, look, Joey called in three times. I'm only playing one. Twelve thirty oh, at Joe. night. So here's the thing, Joe. I'm going to play one call. I'm going to play my bastard son if. Joey the Blind Panther is still here. And you got a minute and 21 seconds, I think, for me uh, playing my bastard son's call. You can tell me one, two, or three which call you want to be played. If you don't tell me that, I'm just going to play the most recent one, which is three. Here you go. Kev, I'm about to be your bastard dad as you check my prize picking. Ugh. Uh, uh, uh. Hey, this is White Chocolate Espresso. My thoughts right now on the coach. I honestly think it's between Steve Wilkes and Jim Harbaugh. And, you know, I'd rather have Wilkes. You know, if we get Harbaugh, I I, I don't want him to have full control because that never works out at all. Like, even with, you know, Bill Belichick, it's not working for them over in New England. Um. See, uh, Nico Ryan's, I hear they're bringing in. I, I don't see why you would hire him over Wilkes. I agree you with know, that. I feel like 100. it's, you know, a Rooney rule. I think it's move. a big interview, quite move. honestly. And I think it's the real interview is between Harbaugh and Wilkes. Um, I'm hoping it's Wilkes, but I have a feeling it's going to be Harbaugh. It's just, I have a feeling that it's going to be Harbaugh. Um, I would like to give an, an ice up pick real fast. Um, I want, I just got back from Avatar movie. It was really good. I really liked it. I think it's better than the original. But I want to give ice up to people who bring their fucking toddlers into the movie theaters. Fuck y'all. Peace. <laughs> I can guarantee you there's some people in this chat he just ice up. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is like if you bring a young kid to a movie, you uh, better that's be, the worst. You better be the person that's quick to get up. Get out that's of there. That's my and, thing yeah. is this is like you you're the person that took the risk with the ticket, not the rest of the fucking movie theater. Like so if your kid is being a problem for anybody. 
Like you gotta get your ass up and take the kid on out. And you gotta just suffer losing the ticket. You gotta be trying to peek in from that little hallway a little <laughs> bit. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to watch the movie from the side. That's what you're gonna have to do. Yeah. You gotta take it. Um, I do think he's right about the Wilkes versus look, I think that any defensive coach would just be a lateral move. Yeah. I one hundred percent agree with that. So you might as well just have Wilkes. You're either going Wilkes. Like Quinn, lateral at the be- you know, lateral down almost, but he's been to a super lateral, lateral. D- D'Amico Ryan's lateral. You know, good players. Give him a good players. Give Steve Wills good players. He'd be a good defensive coordinator. Yeah. You know, um, but so I, I think he's 100% right. All right. Uh, Joey the Blind Panther, he didn't chime in, so he's going to play his. Y'all still here, man? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Might be. Here, I'm going to just play this, Cole. This, uh... Hey, guys, I'm just listening to me going back and forth about Wilkes and, you know, that he should this have the job, Joey. that this one game shouldn't have whatever. What if that? What if this? What if that? You guys got to remember, it's just where we're at right now. We are 5-6. and six. That's his record. If we lose Sunday, we're 5-7. and seven. He is just an average coach, guys. Realistically, he's going to end up being five and seven. Watch five and seven. So let's say we started the season off with five and seven. Would you want that to be your head coach next year? Ask yourself that. We are like some people are so stuck on Wilkes because Matt Rule was so bad and we were one and six that all of a sudden we go and become five and seven. And oh, this is the guy that's fine. This is the guy. This is the man of. The leader of men, and no, sign him, sign him. He is a great guy, and he could be a great assistant coach, backup coach, a defensive coordinator. But he, you cannot tell me that he turned around this program. Okay, yes, he rallied the guys to play the second half of the season. He won a couple games. How are you going to name that your next head coach? I'm not saying he doesn't deserve a chance or that I'd be upset if they gave him, you know, a season or two to just try him out until we continue to build. But I, he's just not the guy. And he's not going to get us more than 10 wins in a season. Mm. That's all I got to say. There aren't, man. They, there is. The people who are bringing this up are not bringing up baseless claims. No. No. I mean, and, 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 and we've, we've all been on the, the, the Wilkes train. Like, it's, I want to make this clear. There's nobody in this saying that Wilkes is uh, a bad coach in general. Um, I just think the ceiling for what you get with Wilkes, as opposed to maybe a Jim Harbaugh, is is lower. Uh, he could be successful. I just, it's hard to see where we go from here. He has not been given an opportunity. I am not using much of what he did this year as a reason that he doesn't deserve to be a head coach. I'm just saying, as a Panthers fan, do we want that to be, do we want to go again with that experience and try to see if he can build a team? when you know we don't know what he's capable of doing right well we know what jim harbaugh is capable of doing uh when he gets in there and he's he's able to scheme i mean like the success level is there um so nobody here is shitting on 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 steve wilkes there are probably people in the chat who want to talk about it people on the calls who want to talk about how bad he was in certain areas my biggest uh dagger in his resume is our biggest weakness over the past in our losses um have been our defenses Oh, since he's taken place, just taken over as the head coach. And he's a defensive-minded guy. 
that you've got to take that into consideration when you're thinking about uh, this guy being your head coach moving forward. Yeah. Uh, Cody, Cody, carry me for like two seconds. I got to upload this call. My phone died. So I have to play the last two. I got to upload them into StreamYard. No, you're good. I mean, look, Panther fans really need to prepare themselves because this is about to be what we're going to be talking about for the next couple months, man. Like, you know, until we find out for sure who the next. This is going to be the debate that's going to continue to to tear apart Panther Nation. Are you still on Team Steve Wilkes, or do we need to upgrade? Um, I've also heard Shane Stitchin. That's the guy for the Eagles, right? He's the Eagles offensive coordinator, I believe. Um, Benjamin Albright continues to put that name out there as though he would be a possibility. Again, there's all these rumors about who – David Tepper wants and what kind of coach that he wants. And it's all just rumors now, man. And even thinking about it on some Game of Thrones type shit, you know that people in the organization have certain people that they will just flat out lie to and put out false information, like a disinformation campaign. They do it during the draft. They do it during free agency. You know, they're trying to throw people off the scent as to what they're actually doing. Right. Um, it is twelve thirty nine. So Joey, guess what? I'm gonna play your last call because it was only thirty nine seconds. Twelve thirty nine, thirty nine seconds. We're gonna. Play I bet this you it's call. just the growl. Joey, we'll make up. We'll make up for you. We'll we'll play it another time, and then we get strats stats, and then we'll do our ice picks. Hopefully, you can hear this. It's Joey the Brian Panther again, aka. I can barely hear it. How if I could. Uh, say something. Oh, background music. That I forgot what I was gonna say, but I'll just leave you with this. I can barely hear him at all. He's just wanted to growl. That's twelve forty, Joey. Wow, twelve forty-one. Wow, wow, wow. All right. Uh, we'll get that other call. And... You're so dismissive of the growl that makes them howl. All right. Can we hear this stats call? Here. Let me remind you, or stats here, either way yes. you look at it. Let me remind you, Harbaugh hasn't won any of – I don't think he, he's not won a Super Bowl. I mean, so here's the thing. Yeah, he might win you a couple playoffs. He might get you real close. You might taste it. But here's the thing. I don't think he'll finish. And for anyone to say that, why not have him come here? Because, of course, you know, he's going to be uh, respectful of the culture and, and kind of forward it through. I mean, look what we just had to come off the back of. I don't think he would do what Rule did to it. But the thing is, there's a non-zero chance that he might do something like that and try to redefine culture. With Wilkes, at least, you know, you know what you're getting. You know that he won't redefine the culture. He, you know that he's going to forward the culture. We haven't really gotten a fair chance of seeing Wilkes. He's only had – he didn't have the first five games, and even then, you know, he didn't have the full uh, roster in control at the beginning of the season. He didn't be able to make the off-season uh, picks that he needed to make and changes that he – alterations that he needed to make. The coaching 
situation, the rotation of the quarterbacks coming through that room. I mean, the thing is, Wilkes has not gotten a fair shot at this. For what he's done, given what he's had, he's done an exceptional job. You can't just throw all this away. Needless to say, I will. Uh, Tepper, it's not going to matter because Tepper's Tepper's going to get what's shiny and what's in front of him, and that's going to be Harbaugh. That's what's going to happen. I'm sure of it. I know it will be. But he'll be making another grave mistake, and I promise you, in five years from now, we'll look back at this moment and I'll say, "I'll told you, I told you so." But it is what it is. Anyway, keep pounding. Bye. Love. Scott's here. Let me remind you, or Steph's here, oh, oh, by the way you look right. at it. Sorry, Let me remind off. you, Harbaugh hasn't... Oh, I had to do it a different way. I had to do it a different way. Great call. Um, I guess the question is, is like, don't should you become, are you enamored with Wilkes or not? The one thing, though, that he said, he said Harbaugh hasn't won you a Super Bowl. And... You brought it up, Cody. I think you brought like the best example is this: is Andy Reid hadn't won the Super Bowl until he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, and now he's almost universally you think, considered you think, the best head coach. Well, three consecutive NFC championships at home with the Eagles, like they just couldn't bang it in. You know what I'm saying? And then yeah, the 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 stigma against him was you just couldn't fucking bang it through. And he went yeah. to the Chiefs and kind of got there, and they said the same thing in the beginning. You can't bang it. And then he banged it through multiple times. And then that girl was like, oh, oh, my. Everybody thought that when he was the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, that that was going to be his perfect chance to yeah. show the NFL what kind of coach he is. Man, he did and, in and a way. Honestly, he did, he did I, a great job. He yeah, did a fantastic job. He it just closed it out. But it look what it did with the Chiefs. It's just life. It's just life. It just either closes or it doesn't close. He was a great coach the whole time. That's my thing. Is he was Imagine, a great coach how the about whole this? time. Imagine if he's able to get that monkey off of his back about, you know, not, you know, always being the bridesmaid, never the bride or whatever. In Carolina, bro, he'd yeah, be a in, toast in, town. in Carolina, and we've never had back-to-back winning seasons. Imagine if we can all accomplish our goals together. Dude, who, that's what the fuck I'm talking who about. Who would be better for the podcast? A hardball. Yep. We love Steve. If you're a Panther fan, you love Steve Wilkes. No doubt. You would get a bunch of former 49er fans coming up in this conversation. But also, think about the amount of, a bunch people of Stanford. That have, yeah, think about the amount of people that have respect for Harbaugh. And the amount of players that would love to come to Carolina good for the and play for him. I know that's so yeah, yeah, It's, be- it's better for everyone. And guess what no, we would do not, every Sunday? Stuff. No, every- you know what, Tony? You're wrong. It's not selfish. You're not being selfish. We have done this podcast with losing seasons for five years now. We need Jim Harbaugh to turn this shit around for us. That'd Let's cool. go. That'd be cool. And the other thing is this. We've been talking about on this podcast about starting traditions for the Carolina Panthers. Easy one right out the gate. We're all going to the game in khaki pants. Everybody's wearing Jim Harbaugh khaki pants, Dickies from Kmart. We're going to have to go to Kmart. We're going to have to find the last Kmart on earth, buy some Dickies, 
and we're all wearing khaki, regular khaki ass pants to the game. And we're all oh, gonna I'll be br- doing it. Dude, the I'll fans, it's gonna khaki, be great. Bro. Do you know how fun? Do you know how many millions of fans would just wear a jersey and khaki? That's what I would go in. Hey, how about this? Khaki pants might be some of the most comfortable pants. Setting. Oh, stop. Now you're just catering to these people. They're That's not Harbaugh's signature. It's like, it's like no, maybe, um, Homeboy with the I'm no not. sleeves. It's like, what's his, the other irascible New England Belichick? Like, Belichick's Dude, no look, sleeves, maybe, Jim Harbaugh in the khakis. Look, maybe because I can't walk, maybe I don't have an accurate uh, <laughs> assessment. Of moving around in khaki oh, no, pants. Khakis aren't but dude, I just know that sitting down, chilling in a nice pair of khaki pants. You look good, dude, feel good. Comfortable as shit, bro. Look good, feel good, play good. I'm just I like saying, this. dude. As my man said, so is Harbaugh unofficially our head coach already? He is on the C3 Panthers podcast. We brought into <laughs> it. And guess what? Next week. We'll be having another head coach who is our head yep. coach. Actually, no. It might I'm, be Steve uh, Wilkes if we destroy the New, New Orleans. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well done. All right. Um, I was going to say let's talk about the news, but screw it. We're not going to talk about the NFL news. Let's just do our ice up picks and get the hell out of here. 1247. Holy cow. Love you guys. Y'all want to go first? You want me to go first? No, I don't want to go first because I got like 20. Well, this is the one. (laughs) But I've. uh, No, you got to stay up all night. I'm going to do 27. No, go ahead. Yeah, Tony's talking about wanting to get out and he's like, no, I got 20. No, I don't have that many. No, but no, okay. So many of you have probably already seen this, right? So uh, Michigan, uh, JJ McCarthy's the the quarterback for Michigan. And Tony really likes J.J. McCarthy. He's going to be He's good, talked bro. talked about him on the podcast. He's going to be good. He is. And um, he has a hot girlfriend. Oh. He, 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 Count me he in. I'm, you know I'm already in. I'm all in now. Hey, you know who else is all in? Who? J.J. McCarthy's dead. dad, dude. Oh. Look at this. So, look, they're sitting together. At the game, that's the girlfriend. Okay. That that's the dad. I guess that's right. the, the mom right there. Mom, watch his gonna... watch his hand. He like cuts uh, the that a little. Okay. Wait, 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 wait! No, no, you gotta watch it again, dude. So wait, wait, wait for it. Oh, hand goes on the booty. Oh, finger Look, goes that's out. That's the finger. That's the uh, finger. Oh, no, he was touching some butt, baby. That's what that was. <laughs> Dude, look, how about this? Uh, very short and simple. If you're hanging around with your son's uh, Just grab it. Just grab it. <laughs> Just grab it. No, I mean, don't. I would say uh, keep your hands away from your son's girlfriend. Uh, and hopefully you won't go viral on Twitter for doing it. So, uh, yeah. That's not even, him. you know what? All right. Ice up. Uh, that's not even, even close to Urban Myers. Ice up. You know what I'm saying? That, he did, he barely did a fingernail. He did a fingernail. 
Sure, I but mean, you also on know. The phone, too. Hold on. Hold there on. was a phone barrier, too. It's like, uh, that's like giving somebody a back rub while they're wearing um, an armored plate. Uh, like they're in dude, uh, the dude, Afghanistan wearing plates on their shit. Dude did this at the the bowl game where he's just, like sitting beside the star quarterback. He is the dad and he's sitting behind beside his girlfriend. Like he didn't think he was about to be on TV. Like, no. <laughs> bro, you gotta. He missed, you, the, Anderson, he missed the whole. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is, for the, thing full that, the cup. If the thing that sucks it. for him is it got on TV and he didn't even get the ass. He just I got know, the phone. He didn't even get the enjoyment of grabbing the butt. He got the phone. Even if you wanted to touch, he just literally right. touched the phone. <laughs> he didn't even get the back pocket, basically. He got the back pocket. <laughs> All right. Uh, CK, you got one? Um, I did, but I can't remember it. So you right. go, go ahead. All right, well, remember it while I do this one. And I only have one because, thank God, my phone died. Um, I don't even know how to ice this up. I don't know what to ice up about this, but this is just where the Internet makes you feel better or better or worse about your life. Can you hear this? Oh, no, you can't because I double-clicked. Oh, that Todd Bowles shit made me mad, too. Yeah, I'll be having my side up too. This lady. Can you hear that? Yeah, we can hear it. Okay. All right, so I met this lady in 2008. We got married in 2011. We had our first child in 2011. We had our second child in 2015. We've been married for 10 years. We've been together for 13 years. We just recently found out we're brothers and sisters. All right, so what? Um, I, I just imagine. Here's the thing: Why the hell are you putting this out on? I would shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, I right. would not be saying <laughs> if I found this shit out. I am never <laughs> telling a fucking person about That's this. That's my art. <laughs> so think about it think about what you just did to your fucking kids you came went on the internet and now you've just said i like they have to live a life of knowing that they are a product of incest yeah, on, not even them, like everybody else that knows them you're right i up to uh that dad and that mom that brother and that sister for putting their incest on the internet internest intercest dude CK, if you got if one, hit adopted, us up, and then, oh, yeah, if you were adopted, I'm adopted, only half adopted. Then. I'm just saying, if I was adopted and dating, I don't think I would, you know, I, I would ever date someone that even looked remotely like me at all. Not anymore, right. but luckily uh, with the the uh, the DNA nowadays, like you could uh, you could pretty much find out. Oh, I know you can't do anything. You can't kill anybody. You gotta be an alopecia. And Josh Dobbs is the only person that could kill someone right now, <laughs> and someone will get that joke. Um, I just got this calendar for Christmas though. It's like a daily calendar. So we're gonna tear it off to January third, and it gives us a fact. Here's your Panther fact for tonight, and we're gonna give CK his ice up. The Panthers forged an early season. Today is the third. Oh, no. Now it's the fourth. All right, so here's the third. The Panthers forged an early season three-game winning streak in 2020, 
Matt Rule's first year as head coach, but stumbled after that and finished with five victories at all. Why is that effect on this fucking calendar? Suck. Here's your January 4th trivia. What team did the Panthers shut out in the 2020 season? Ooh. Ooh. In the 2020 season? What team did shut- we shut out? That is the trivia question for January. Oh, I Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions? Did you get it? I don't know how to check. You don't have the answer. I do. You're right. I know that. I know that. twenty to nothing. Guess, uh, and you know what? Now I remember who was the quarterback. PJ Walker. PJ Walker. Well done. All right, TK, hit us up with your ice up pick. Uh, dude, I'm trying to find this. All right. Well, then just ice up somebody. Me, something. I'm gonna ice up uh, myself for not having one ready. Okay. Man. <laughs> um. I don't know what else. Man, can we? You want to talk more? You want to talk till one a.m.? What do you want to do, folks? My name's Tony Dunn. It's the C Three Panthers podcast, brought to you by Carolina Cat Chronicles dot com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions all the way into Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning. We want to wish everybody a happy New Year and thank you for rocking with us as we complete our tenth season as a podcast. When I say complete it, we still got a few more. You know, we're just like started in. Anyway, I'll tell you the math another time. But we're in the 10th year of doing this. Every Tuesday night, we got content coming out on Fridays. We've got the Saturday simulation. I'm about to make CK simulate the playoffs with me. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to force him to do it with me. And we're going to find some other things to talk about. On top of that, tomorrow... I've got a special, we're going to have the beat check. I got a special guest queued up for us to talk about inside sources when it comes, well, not inside, well, sources saying the Panthers are maybe not as interested in Wilkes, potentially interested in someone like D'Amico Ryan's coming on the air. We've got a lot of content coming out. My name's Tony Dunn. Follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Check us out on all the major podcast platforms. Please, please. It's very simple. Hey, I want to thank this. Thank everybody who gave any donation. That is incredible. I don't want to ask for your money, but we appreciate it. You can be a C3 super fan, but there's one thing you do. Smash thumbs, subscribe. Make sure you hit the post notification button, that bell. Make sure that we go live. And check us out on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It's very simple. Even if you watch us on YouTube, please just subscribe. Hit that download. Those small little one number at a time is how we've been growing as a community. And one family member at a time to my right, Cody Lash, my brother. How can they get after you? Yeah, find me on Twitter at Cody Lax, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Um, every Friday at 7 p.m. It's your opportunity to be a part of the C3 Panthers podcast on the Friday free-for-all. The show for Panther fans by Panther fans. Join the show just like we are right now using StreamYard. And uh, let us know what you think about the Panthers. Who did you think should be the next head coach? Are you disappointed with this season? Should we draft a quarterback? All those things you can talk about every Friday at 7 p.m.
Um, CK, tomorrow I'll be hanging out with Mark Ryan just for a little bit. We're going to upload a bonus beat check. Then I'm going to hang out with Cody Lash. I'm going to make him hang out with me. CK, if they want to hang out with you, how can they find you on the intranet? You can find me at the Twitters uh, at Codizzle Allen um, on most uh, social media platforms. Um, and uh, and obviously here on Tuesday nights, the post game and also the Madden simulations. Uh, I sometimes pop into the uh, Friday free for all as well. So come check it Is out. Is that game worth buying? Days gone. I mean, I paid twelve dollars for it. So twelve dollars. Yeah. Oh, I must have been looking at that Last of Us one. I must yeah. it was more expensive. Twelve dollars. Is it fun? Yeah, it's pretty fun. All right. It's not a multiplayer game or anything, but no, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, trying to be, trying to have fun. Yeah. Trying to have fun and ruin Cody's last Cody Lashley's night as I draw this Exodus out. Take us out of here, Cody, please. I'm going to show you I want to stay for another 30. I will. Two more minutes. Two more minutes. We make 1 a.m. Go. Let's get us out of here. Get the fuck (laughs) out of here. C3 Panther Nation. We got to go to bed. We got to do something. Got to go to work. This has been another edition of the C3 Panthers podcast. And you already know what we do. Keep pounding.